All right. And we are live. The last word with Lord Cognito, Ebontis, and Ty Guy Travis. What is going on on this Thursday? I love Thursday campfires, by the way. I just want to say that. <laughs> they I just really feel like better. This. They just feel better. You've been just, up for a uh, while. The camp, it's yep. an evening campfire. It's where it's meant to uh, be. Morning campfires, you know, they work. Sometimes you got to do them, though. No disrespect to our esteemed guest, Tom Warner, that we had last oh, time. Oh, yeah. Saying no, that. happy to I, have I just on. look forward to that open Friday now. But, E, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the computer still lives, so all seems to be well there. So, yes. yeah. Um, yeah, been experimenting in the world of uh, our new activities that we've got in front of us, still touching on New World, and just kind of waiting to see what's going on. Played the Battlefield kind of questionable beta a little bit, so a little over the weekend dabble here and there, so been playing a few games and things like that, but uh, yeah, we had a little switch up with the guest action, but uh, before we get to that, Travis, what have you been up to, man? I know you're always playing something <laughs> nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the catching up on my game of the year contenders. I pride myself on having completed every game that gets nominated at oh, wow. the uh, game of the year awards. So uh, right. I am extremely behind this year because of my uh, reviewing duties, uh, and I'm hoping to make up for lost time. So I've been doing that, and then I'm also doing reviews. Also, fun in my life this week is uh, people have been contacting me on social media, mad about. Uh, my games uh, they apparently think that now the games I review I I made them and so they have to tell me to fix my game uh, <laughs> this is happening multi-platform Instagram oh, and Twitter yeah people just hitting me up and being like mm. your game is broken fix it and I'm like D- you watched Which my one? review otherwise you wouldn't know to find me so you heard me complaining about the glitches in the game and then you experienced them and thought yeah that guy who was talking about it he made the game I, I really it puzzles me how they That's, how they came to that. That is a that but. is a brand new one. I gotta say, yeah. yeah. What like what have new? What's Which on your list? You I was gonna say what's on your oh yeah yeah what what's I, what is on your d- resume? Apparently, yeah. I'm I'm pretty um I'm pretty well known in the industry because I'm making all types of games. I am fish is one of the ones I got. Okay, uh, yeah, nice. I nice. reviewed I, I reviewed that game and apparently also uh, uh, was it uh, Dark it. Alliance? Was it Dungeons with that uh, one too? No, not that one. It okay. was the other one that was busted AF. Uh, I, heard you I can't remember. You were on a dev team for Skyward Sword as well, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. I was. <laughs> I'm very prolific in the dev industry. You should really. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I've been playing some Destiny too, doing Festival of the Lost, and I have time. I'm working on a review right now for a game that came out today. Actually, we didn't get the codes until Tuesday though, so I'm I'm behind. But it's called Rift Breaker. Uh, it's yep. like a uh, a base building, uh, combat resource gathering type of game. And I'm having a lot of fun with it so far, which I guess I can say now since the embargo is up. Um, I'm not going to have the problems with Rift Breaker. I tell you. you yeah. Know, the main character is named Ashley. The game's name is Rift Breaker. I'm sorry. I miss a vagrant story remake right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, as well, the developer of this deep game, cut, folks, you can look that one up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, well, but, uh, that anyway, voice uh, that voice you hear is our esteemed guest. So let's bring him into the show to the campfire the way we do. Let's go. So the last word, number one sixty nine. I had to do it. I had to do it. Anyway, really? Yep. Yes, I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the spooky is in full swing. Headless knights are on the roam, and of course, way too much candy. Festival Lost has a facelift this year because, well, it had to, as its previous location has been locked away in the vault. As the sands of time keep flowing through the Destiny universe, some of our content flows away with it. 
Tonight, we are joined by a rather unique guest to, to discuss if Bungie can actually vault parts of this game. Games are what our guests grew up on, from the Atari to the Series X and everything in between. If a game has a good story, this is what matters most. That also seems to carry over to real life. The documents, contracts, financials, and balance sheets of a business are the stories this man usually finds himself deep in when he isn't gaming. His talents in business, economics, and law have taken him all over the world to be parts of teams, deals, and negotiations with some of the biggest players in all of gaming. Yes, even the big three. So without much further ado, let's welcome a fan of all things MCU, host of Virtual World Legality, your best way to stay informed on Ep Epic versus Apple and many other topics, managing member of Hoaglaw, of counsel at Bodman PLC. Oh, and I highly suggest you stay on this man's good side because just like his alma mater, this Wolverine can put up quite a fight. This, Ooh. the one, the only, pause for legal disclosure, discussions this evening for the information and entertainment purposes only and is not to be construed as legal advice. <laughs> Mr. Richard Hogue, how are you doing tonight, sir? <laughs> well, I'm very enthused about that introduction. Thank you very much. Yes, my Wolverines are six and oh, Ooh. although. They very often start hot, so uh, I, I won't be crowing too much until we get a little further in the season. But no, absolutely, that was that was delightful. I'm I'm, I'm going to borrow that. Uh, finds the stories in the contracts and documents. That's good stuff. I'm very happy to be here. You know, we had talked about potentially doing this uh, before, and I, I had said, you know, I, I have a lot of Destiny experience. I probably played it for at least a few hundred hours, but it never seemed quite right until. You know, I was shouting into my microphone talking about vaulting this week. So, <laughs> yeah, it just kind of seemed like the perfect storm. As last week, we talked about it a little bit. We saw your video. Cog and I, you tagged us, I think. I listened to the whole thing. And I was mm -hmm. like, we got to get you on because I still I heard them talking about it last night on Real Gamer Hour. And it's a thing. Even with Festival of Lost this season, it's different because of the Destiny content vault. So, right. Before we get into the Destiny content vault, though, I want to get to people who may not have heard you from other places, even though you are in many places. Uh, just kind of how you got into just your gaming journey and kind of your history a little bit that you've been through, because it sounds like you've touched a little bit of everything along the way. So what's oh, yeah, kind of your history in gaming? And I've got to talk to about one of your favorites, but we'll get there in a second. <laughs> I sure. Wonder. Well, I, you know, I think like a lot of people, uh, my father was super big into technology. Um, and super big into better living through technology, trying the next big thing. So any youth before um, almost anybody, we had, a VA, uh, we had VHS, we had Laserdiscs, we had a 3DO, we had a CDI. But obviously before that, we had Atari 2600, we had Commodore 64, Atari ST. And so I was always playing those games. And I was even connecting generationally with those games. My uh, grandmother really, really loved Pac-Man. So we surprised her once with an Atari 2600 cartridge of Ms. Pac-Man. And I remember playing that with her and she played it for, I don't even know, what felt like 18 hours in a row for wow. a very, very young person. Um, getting the keys. She showed me how to get double keys and things. And it was, it was fantastic. So I've loved games forever. I think really where my, my real love came from them was Final Fantasy. Uh, certainly the early days of Dragon Quest realizing that these weird pixels on screen could tell stories that had emotional heart and that were often, to my mind, better at that than some of the TV and movies that I was otherwise experiencing. So I, I tell people, you know, I can remember where I was during the Final Fantasy VI opera scene. And I kept a save right there because that was such a big deal for a lot of what I started to frame my love of the industry and, and telling people about it around, which is like, you are missing out if you don't understand exactly what these things can do. And as it stands in 2021, some of the best composers, some of the best music, some of the best art, some of the best assets 
go into the video game industry, which is obviously worth however many billions of dollars. But I think a lot of people just don't realize that. And if you play them some music on your iPhone that is, you know, from anything, Assassin's Creed, Mass Effect 3 has a fantastic suite at the end, just to give some credit to the game, right? Um, and, and I love them for that reason. So I think when I was talking to you uh, about what I love about them, I am always enthused about the level of storytelling that can be engaged with in a game. And sometimes, you know, that gets in my way when we're talking about what is the best game of a series, for instance. And I tend to tilt towards storytelling, narrative, plot, character, more than gameplay or other aspects that other people would go for. And, and you know, one of the things I say on my channel all the time, reasonable minds can differ. That's just a value proposition. Some people are going to say, hey, I need to be able to have an action extravaganza. So The Witcher doesn't work for me versus me saying, well, I, you feel like you're in a European village walking up on your horse. And the fact that maybe the sword play isn't too terribly exciting doesn't limit that to my eye. And you're going to have those wonderful conversations. And in those conversations, I found some of the best friends I've ever had, even on the Internet, folks that I haven't met in person yet, pandemic or otherwise. I've had great conversations with. And to me, gaming has always been that in my life. And I was the guy in a big law firm, one of the biggest in the country. You give your little intro paragraph. And I said, you know, someday I'm going to write a book about everything I ever learned that was important. I learned from video games, put it directly <laughs> in the first paragraph before anybody had met me. Wow. And then that was me at that firm. Nice. And so that's that's been my journey. It's connected me with my father, with friends and as it turns out with clients. And, and I've made a living doing that uh, since I started my own place in 2016. Awesome. awesome. I, I do want to ask you a quick question. I'm going to ask you this is obviously the gaming history, your knowledge, the passion always shines through what are the most knowledgeable in the game and reference that. But I've always wanted to ask you, like, obviously you have a brother that is in game development and then yeah you, we should mention that as part of this video yes FYI. yeah we, we'll yeah. definitely mention that because that'll be some of the <laughs> full disclosure use. <laughs> but i was just jokes aside but i did i was always curious like you know he went the game route you went the law route so what right. distinction there like what made you go there as opposed to kind of you guys kind of sharing that game route and going into game development i am massively more pragmatic when it comes to career orientation than my brother <laughs> and I say that jokingly, but no, I had an economics degree. I was always more interested in transactions and business than him, period. But I also have a, a certain amount of risk aversity. You know, I, every lawyer would tell you risk aversion is part and parcel to their DNA. Now, not every lawyer leaves big law in an equity partnership to go create their own place and make YouTube <laughs> videos. So there's a, there's a difference on spectrum here. But I wanted to have some place that I could be certain I could make money and provide for a family. And one of the reasons I have a small business that supports small businesses and entrepreneurship is I have such a great respect for what my brother did, for what other people do in pursuing their dreams. It, I don't want to say it's easy, but like corporate law, if you can make it, if you can pass through some of the gateways of getting hired and those kinds of things, that, that's a fairly standard track of making sure that you're going to do all right in this world. You know, mortgaging your house, eating ramen for two years to make an app that you hope will build your dream, going out west to California when we were just, you know, brothers from Michigan to go work at Insomniac and work at Activision and work at all these other big places. I, I love that to my very core, but it's not the decision that I could have made. And that's part of the reason I love it. That's part of the reason I support people that can. It's that's not built into me. Um, I, I have to have 
at least a modicum more certainty than the game industry. So that's really the separation. But I, I could not love my brother more for what he does. I could not love everybody that does that kind of thing. I remember he went to a school to learn video game design called the Guild Hall, which was at uh, Southern Methodist in Texas. And I got to go to dinner with them. We were going out to see, um, I think, uh, The Dark Knight. Um, I got to go out to dinner with like the 14 people in his cohort. And it was so amazing because there were bankers and financial analysts and all these other people that said, damn it, I want to make a video game. And like, I'm like, well, I, I couldn't love these people more. I'm going to support you. You know, I ordered drinks. It was it was great. And I, I love that. And I always have. And I think it takes it takes both kinds of person, the pragmatist and the dreamer uh, to, to make the world work. And hopefully I'm providing good services to those dreamers and helping making their dreams come true. Which is a little corny, but it's it's how I feel. No, no, absolutely. It's funny you say that because I literally share that same mindset. And that, that's why I didn't dive initially full on. And IT was the, the, the backbone for me. So it's, 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 it's kind of interesting listening to you say the, the, the determined things I came to that same determination with. So very interesting. But we're gonna well, before, open it I was going to say, before we get off the gaming, the history I know, part. I know. If I ever see this on a list, I have to ask about it. And it's Chrono Trigger. One of yeah. my one of my favorites of all time. Still played through it recently. Um, you see Final Fantasy Seven or Final Fantasy Dragon Quest Witcher. Shout out to Black Wings. He's losing his mind because he's got a Witcher fan in here too. Um, but Chrono Trigger, like one of those that has stuck with me forever in so many unique ways. And I wonder why it's on your list. Just out of curiosity, because there's you listed four and it's one of them. So I'm just curious what makes it what makes it make the list for you. Chrono Trigger is a very, very, very unique piece of gaming history, right? Not only was it so many folks at the top of their game making that particular product at that particular moment in time, but I think it's emblematic of, this is going to sound either cynical or, or bad, it's emblematic of some of the things I think we've lost in terms of the products that come out. I like to point to Chrono Trigger to people to show that you can have a game that's, I don't know, 12 or 14 hours that delivers such a massive punch in narrative and character and fun. It doesn't need to be, and I love like Ubisoft open world games. They're like my go-to for just chilling out. It doesn't have to be that to deliver that. And you can have that imagination in that kind of capacity. I, I also love it. You know, it's bright and cheerful and colorful unless it doesn't want to be for particular moments and it sticks with you, right? I mean, we've had so many end of the world scenarios in video games, but one, it wasn't quite as common when Chrono Trigger came out. And two, it was handled in such a unique way that I still remember Lavos. I can remember, I think probably at least half the endings from Chrono Trigger. I can certainly remember, you know, L-A-R-A -A for saving certain people in the right circumstances. <laughs> and I, who, who can do that now? Square in the Super Nintendo era, it might be my favorite company making my favorite stuff. And so Chrono Trigger absolutely 100% goes up there. In fact, my 11 year old um, was recommended it by me. She's playing it on her 3DS wow. right now uh, while she plays I think, whatever Dragon Quest nine, whichever Dragon Quest is on there. <laughs> uh, there's so much to that one for me and even just like because when i heard when they did the final fantasy 7 remake and you got to see the art style and people actually really enjoyed the playthrough of that to me that the if they ever can get to chrono trigger and they probably never will because as you said it was the culmination of so many different people studios collaborations and i don't think it'll honestly ever happen again but if they could ever do that as a remake, oh man, I shut everything down. I will, I will. Oh, like there. Final Fantasy VII style? Oh yeah. yeah, I think they could do it. I mean, I, I think the graphics, you're looking at like Dragon Quest VIII 
you could do kind of a chrono trigger look in. I think it would be fantastic. But no, I, I love it. And, and I think the other part that goes with narrative to me, as you could probably tell from some of the references I made, is music is super, oh. super important to me. And I, I'll just find myself working on a draft contract and whistling the Millennial Forest just randomly. <laughs> um, and that just that just happens because that's how much that game kind of stuck with me. So absolutely, definitely top five. I don't know about you guys. My top five kind of rotates depending on my mood. No. Uh, but like Witcher, Chrono Trigger, Final Fantasy VI is my Final Fantasy. Um, in those types of games, technically Star Control 2, which I didn't include, is my favorite game of all time. Uh, mm. But maybe someday I'll stream that or something and then we can introduce mm -hmm. the world to that, uh, that magnum opus. No doubt. No Fair doubt. enough. Travis, what would you like what to you know for about this man? Well, first I would like to... Uh, once again state my disagreement with everyone who thinks that the witcher's combat isn't good i i really don't understand that i i i mean the story is is obviously the main reason you're there and being in the world but like i love the combat in that game and every, every time somebody tells me the combat's not good i'm like what are you talking about i don't we could write an essay I, I could write an essay on how the witcher's combat is exactly what it needs to be and that if you had something like Bayonetta as the fights in The Witcher, it takes away from the focus of what the balance of the game should be. I actually really like The Witcher as well. What I particularly like, I play, this is, this is not a humble brag or anything. This is just how I play The Witcher on, on Death March because I like to have to think, oh, I'm going to figure out what this monster is and sit in the forest and code everything and take my right potions and make sure my toxicity is right. I like the preparation. It's almost the you know, Death Stranding of The Witcher. Yes. Which is like, all right, we're going to figure out what this is. And then hitting the A button is almost secondary to, I did everything right and I was ready to take on this ghoul or whatever. It's fair. And I love it, that. That's my yeah, and if you, if you read the books, that's like what The Witcher does too. Like it's all preparation and doing rituals. And that's why they added that meditation uh, mechanic to the game. Like, I, I mean, obviously that, that's my favorite game of all time, Witcher 3. So like mm -hmm. I, I will defend it, Fine. but I just have never under... I've never understood the uh, the negativity toward its combat because I've always thought it was kind of perfect. Um, I really think it's because it's not Devil May Cry, and I think if you really think about it, that would that would take away from the actual experience of Witcher. Yeah, I I do not want to think of a hack and slash like full on hack and slash yeah. Devil May Cry Witcher. That sounds awful. Um, yeah, so you went over your history with the game. Why don't we? Jump into Destiny a little bit and tell us about your history with Destiny. Obviously, you uh, this this game hits a little close to home with you. Uh, so yeah. your Let's kind of relationship with it. right now because yeah. we're going to talk about sure. the, the vault as it stands this year. Uh, so my brother works at a subsidiary of Activision called High Moon Studios. Um, and while Activision and Bungie were working together, occasionally they would bring in one of the subsidiary studios to really support the game. And I can I can say all of this. This is all public. Um, and Tom never shares with me anything that's non-public if anybody's listening. But um, Studios <laughs> and if cast, they're not listening, uh, hey, no, but, <laughs> but I really try not to ask him. I try not to put people sure. in that situation. But High Moon Studios was tasked with helping do Forsaken, the first major expansion for for Destiny 2. Um, and uh, you can read articles about this. In fact, I did when I was doing the video on the vault, I pulled out an Edge article from 2018 that was talking about High Moon Studios really taking the lead on this project. So. As a full disclaimer, my brother very definitely worked extensively on Forsaken, which was announced as getting vaulted, vaulted on October 7th. And specifically, he, he worked very extensively on the scorn. Um, so people can take that as they will. I'm going to say some things about how I feel about the vaulting. Well, we uh, and, and I do have that family relationship. Absolutely. Um, outside of that, I'm happy to talk about Destiny. I've been a Bungie fan forever. 
Um, I my first introduction to Bungie was Marathon. Um, love that I, game. I, yeah, I would love to so see more underrated. Well, yeah. that's narrative, right? Bungie was already at the time messing with AIs, going crazy with the limited set of tools that they had, which were essentially 2D Wolfenstein type environments where you'd occasionally come upon a computer that would tell you the coolest little sci-fi short story that you could imagine. And so Marathon was one of my favorites. That kind of goes into, I think the next thing I played from them was Myth, um, which was a very mm -hmm. cool real-time strategy type game. And then that leads, of course, into Halo and a brief sojourn to Oni. Uh, and, and then, but, and then, and then destiny. So, you know, they announced destiny. Um, and I, I, my recollection is it's a little while from an announcement to when you get to play it. And then I got to play the alpha. Um, yeah. and I was really enthused about what it was. Cause it was so weird. I mean, if you think back to playing the alpha of, of destiny, it's like, what, what is this? What are they trying to sell? Like I was interested as a game industry fan for, okay, you're saying it's not Halo. You gave a whole thing about how I can walk to that mountain if I want to. Forget that for a second. But, but what is the alpha? And so I got in there, really liked it, and then found myself like thinking about it. The alpha was however many days long. And I was like, I don't want, I kind of kind of want to drop some of those hexagon things that glow a little bit more. That was, that was a good time. And then they had a beta, and then uh, the game came out. And I have to say, when Destiny 1 came out, again, going back to love a narrative, um, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what the heck was happening in that story, right? At some point, we're on Mars, and there was there was a garden, and we killed some stuff, um, <laughs> and there was like a blue person and a robot, I think. And there was anyway. not enough time. We just know there was not enough time. We, there, there, there was, was never enough time. Well, I, I, it's like I think that I was a thorough it, description of the campaign. Yeah, though. pretty much covered <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a garden. Paul McCartney showed up at some point. Yeah, no, it was the whole thing. Um, but. Like, I really liked it. I mean, the one thing Destiny managed to, to master from, from moment one is that 30 seconds of fun that Bungie's always after. I mean, that, the gunplay in Destiny, I think, is basically unmatched. Um, and so that's what makes it work for me when it's working for me. Um, when it's not, uh, it's, it's pretty impenetrable. <laughs> if, you, if you take some time off, if you forget what's going on. Um, but Destiny 2 rolled around, and, you know, Activision was... I don't know how to describe it. Activision was Call of Duty marketing it. You know, you had the the, the front of the box where everybody kind of looked like a soldier. Uh, you had some of those uh, demonstrations where I was like, I'm not sure about this. And the red war was, I, I think I jokingly, uh, my brother was was helping on that at the time. I, I think I jokingly said, hey, you know, it's a space gorilla gets angry. We kill the space gorilla. It's something like that, right? Um, and it was much better than the first campaign, but yes. it wasn't until Forsaken that I really thought, okay, oh, he goes they got this. And understand that I thought that Tom, Tom is the most confidential person on earth. He is he, Activision. I mean this sincerely. He is the most observant of your NDA out of anybody on earth. And I'm his brother and he refuses <laughs> to tell me what game he's working on, let alone what he's working on uh, entirely. So Forsaken comes out. I say, Tom, you got to play this. This is awesome. He's like, oh, do I? <laughs> and then he managed to tell me what he did in it. And I, I thought that was such a fantastic campaign and idea with the eight barons. Um, and I was over Nathan Fillion, so that didn't bother me too terribly much. And then, you know, I kind of dropped off after Forsaken only because what's the one after that? Shadow Keep? Shadow Keep. You yes. guys know better yeah. than me. Yeah. <laughs> so so I, I like played a couple of missions. I was like, eh, you know, I've been on the moon. And then that just kind of trailed off a little bit. Yeah. Um, until Destiny showed back up on Game Pass uh, with Beyond Light, where I popped back in. 
Um, and so, you know, I was talking to Abontis about whether I should come on. And I was like, I, you guys are experts. I don't know. I can't talk about exotic quests or God rolls or vaults, uh, at least not, you know, raid. Neither vaults. can we. We're just making it up. <laughs> we wing it every well, I mean, day. The, the beauty of it is I, I love to play everything, basically. I like to touch everything. I, I don't get very far in a lot of stuff. If I do, that says something about how I feel about the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I've, I've enjoyed Destiny. It's got to be at least a few hundred hours um, at this point. But yeah, it's, uh, it, it's not my only game. So I don't know it as much as like the real, real, real experts. No doubt. Before I pass it to E, um, I did want to ask you. I don't know if I... Yeah. Like, give me... I know you said gunplay. I know you yeah. said when it, when it has that moment-to-moment combat. But I need to know, like, what was the period, like, that it really resonated with you, that it hit? What Did it take all the way up to Forsaken? Like, what was the... Matter of fact, let's start with D1, because what was D1 that kept you there, that kept you invested? We know it had its flaws. We know that story was all over the place. And, but at the end of the day, like, what was it that you were like... I know for a lot of... Some people, it was Vault... You know, other people have different things. Their first exotic. Like, what was that moment where you like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, just to give my bona fides or lack thereof, I've probably only ever made it like a couple checkpoints into a raid, period. Okay. Um, So that's just not my style of play. And that's mostly old man syndrome. That's mostly having to coordinate is just impossible. Um, as you know, it was, it was hard enough to, to be like, can oh, I do yeah. this time for this, for this show? Oh, yeah. Um, so I, that has just never been part of my, um, uh, experience because the one person that could organize it is my brother, West coast, East coast raid oh. coordination, tricky thing. Yeah. Um, so I never really got very far in that. I will tell you the, the biggest memory I have of destiny and why I stuck with it is kind of more of a concept, which yeah. is when it's working well. And I see this a lot. I think mostly when I was experiencing Crucible. But when it's working well, it delivers the fantasy of space wizards fighting with space magic in a way that I don't think any game matches, really. And that's, that might be partly my love of Star Wars uh, or, or other kind of science fiction conceits. But when you've got like people hover flying in various places, hurling colored balls at each other, while also you hear gunfire everywhere, there are moments in playing Destiny where that just really all comes together in a fashion where you're just like, this is the best thing ever. Um, and, you know, I'm not quite as conditioned for some of the, the bar filling exercises and, and kind of the loop arounds. Um, I tend to bounce off them a little bit more. Uh, but that moment, you know, obviously you start the game, pop and fall on heads off. Like that's just the perfect animation and gunplay that just works really, really well. Yeah. Um, and then I actually quite enjoyed Crucible. I'm no PvP master. Um, and my, my brother's, you know, my brother's game, Call of Duty, I, I'm the literal worst at. Um, so Destiny is a little bit better. I, I joke with him and it's like, hey, this, this one I'm, I'm not awful at. Uh, whether that's time to kill or just too many buttons, it's like, hey, it's not as bad as Call of Duty. So that's always nice. Isn't that the, isn't that the way with multiplayer? It's like, hey, yeah. I'm not terrible at Destiny. Yep. That'll keep me here a little bit more. Yep. For all I know, it was all bots. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that's the magic to me is, is, you know, floating down, hurling a grenade, doing a different thing over this direction, getting d- two kills. Uh, and that's what, I, that's what I remember. It certainly wasn't the narrative as much as I wanted it to be. Um, I'm an explorer type gamer, so I did enjoy kind of going through the environments and figuring out patrols, especially in Destiny 1, where you didn't have a map. And like trying to just kind of coordinate where you are and where you haven't been. That was kind of interesting as kind of a cartographer. 
Um, but that's that's really, really what I remember is that kind of it can do space wizards in a magical way if it all hits exactly right. No, I think you said it pretty well, because it is that moment where, as you said, things are just kind of all firing on all cylinders. You're in just that literal zone where you cast Nova Bomb or you have a bubble and you've got enemies coming over here and you've got a couple teammates. And as it does kind of feel like you're in the middle of a science fiction movie that you probably watched, whether it was Star Wars or whatever it was, it feels like you're in something that you never thought you would be. And if you kind of those moments click every so often where you're like, damn, this is kind of awesome. It's that's very well phrased. I like that because as you said, the loops sometimes like the grinds in this game can just, just, you know, really get to you at a point. And like Travis is over here, just like shaking his head about as hard as possible. And, and those believe me, I get, I sat there and worked my brain. I, you know, I kind of had a lot of deaths to do a legend shattered throne and I got done. I'm like, again, why am I doing? So you have those questions on the other side as well. And you're going, but it's the moments, as you said, it works that somehow just like kind of keeps poking you to be like, right. hey, come back. This is the, still fun. The other, the other thing is that the story in Destiny is now pretty good and it's been good for a while. But A, you have to search for it and B, with the weekly drips and all the stuff you have to do, it's not worth the time investment. Like even if the story was 10 times better, it probably still wouldn't be worth it because you have to be in the game every week doing at least a couple hours of play just to get like a small piece of the story. And so to your point, it, it, it only works as a package. It works because it succeeds at the level that it does at so many things. It succeeds at the campaign. It succeeds at multiplayer. It kind of succeeds at story. And now it's sort of getting to a place where it's, doing really well at a lot of stuff, but the, the core gameplay is what has always kept it alive, I think. And and probably raids. I know that's not your bag, but that's like a I know, I think huge a lot of people reason like people it. play. Yeah, Different people group, love absolutely. the raids. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's not yeah. PvP though. It certainly isn't. It's keeping people <laughs> in the game. Don't you start. <laughs> as as Cog and I have mentioned many times. <laughs> Don't you start. We we gonna say that. You all didn't drag the lighthouse. We, uh, oh, you got dra- oh, you went. You went to the lighthouse. There you go. Good for you. No, no, I, I haven't been to the lighthouse since the original recipe. I haven't been to any, any. I was kind of figuring figuring it out because the lighthouse now is in Mercury, right? So they just they just yeah. pulled it. It's a simulation. Forget that Mercury. It's a simulation. Yeah, I asked the question. Yeah. I was like, wait, isn't Mercury in like the yeah. darkness? Or I can't remember yeah. what the excuse yeah. was. It's in okay. the the dark vault of the darkness content <laughs> vault. Well, that's about as good as we can get for a segue there. So we may as well just take it. Um, And this is why I actually, you had a 36 minute video over this discussion. Last week we talked about it a little bit. I mean, honestly, you could have gone on much longer because there's opinions to have on definitely a lot of different topics on this. And it's the Destiny Content Vault. Literally Festival of the Lost this week, our new activity had to change. Theoretically had to change. I'm still not entirely sure if it did. But supposedly it changed because obviously previously we were wandering around the haunted forest, which was on Mercury. And that got chunked in the vault along with about four other planets. And then recently we got news as to what else is going and what's going in there is all that stuff that your beloved sibling worked his butt off on that got you back in. And now you're like, now this is going away. It's going to the vault. New players can't experience it. And I really enjoyed how you broke down even the end user license agreement and everything. So I don't want to steal your thunder. Oh, I know that was like, (laughs) that was your whole, like breaking it down. Can you actually do it? So I wanted to get your kind of take on it and as much details you'd like to go into as to, you know, 
basically, is this something they're allowed to do? Not in, you know, a brief summary. You don't have to rehash everything you said, but, you know, kind of bring some people up to speed as to what you were what you were talking about on your side. Absolutely. So, you know, this this breaks on what, like October 7th. Um, and, uh, I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm on social media and, and the great part of, of having some kind of presence is that I'm, I'm the game law guy. So people start pinging me and DMing me all over the place. Can they do this? I was like, well, you know, they did it last year. I, uh, if, a, if a giant corporation does a thing, you can at least assume it was vetted. They might be being dumb, uh, but you can at least assume somebody looked at it. Uh, but I said, yeah, you know, it'll be, it'll be a good video, especially when I found out it was Forsaken. Because, you know, one of the weird experiences that I've had is I am perpetually onboarding things in MMOs. I always like to try the new user experience. I, I'm starting over again because I do like that narrative and I forget what's happening and which space gorilla is angry at the other space gorilla and whatever it might be. So I was onboarding a new character and experiencing, what, what is it, New Light? I think they call that kind of yeah. early tutorial space. Mm -hmm. And I got to the end of it and there's just this gaping maw between where you are in terms of power level and like where they say you should be for whatever they're doing right now. And I'm like, well, what, what should I do? And basically it looks like, well, go do one of our old things that we pretend is a memory and, and, and go do that. And I'm like, oh, I'll do Forsaken. I love Forsaken. And, and this was like three weeks ago and I'm playing through Forsaken. I was like, oh yeah, this is the best. This is, look at these CGI. Oh, this is great. Um, and then like three weeks later, oh yeah, we're totally getting rid of that. It's like, okay. Uh, so I, I did want to talk about it because people were asking, and I really do think Forsaken is great. It's a part of the story. And I do feel like there's a fracturing in terms of without the red war and without everything else that I kind of knew and remembered, remembered going through. There's like this weird, here you are, here's the universe and here's six boxes and here are these things. I think onboarding is very, very tricky for them right now. So um, I think getting rid of, in my opinion, their best campaign, at least their, their best kind of consolidated campaign, is a rough thing. And then the corporate lawyer in me, you know, kicks in. And certainly one of the things we do in virtual legality on my channel is often answer a kind of, can they do that? I should make it a subseries. Can they do that? The answer is almost always yes. I like that. Can they do that? Yeah. Can they do that with Rick? Uh, the answer is yes. Um, Usually. so I wanted to go through the end user license agreement. I want to talk about the situation. I wanted to point out that Bungie is currently on their store selling Forsaken for $25 mm. and, and have That's this kind mine. of conversation. Um, and so, yeah, I, I went into the terms of use. You can check out that virtual legality, uh, episode. If you're interested, uh, you'll know it's the big vault of glass, uh, in the, in the thumbnail. No. And I went through and I looked at the definitions and I found, which I got on my screen right now, and I'll just read it. Uh, quote unquote, live content, capital L, capital C, consists of content provided to program users in connection with the use of the program. Lawyers, right? Good yeah. sentence. God. And so the traditional way of thinking about live content and the way that they reference it throughout the rest of their license agreement is the concepts that you're used to thinking about. Seasonal content, activities, things we're going to move in and out. It's live. Instead, what they have said with that sentence, and we'll talk about it in the parenthetical that they included and I skipped, is... Everything in the game is live content. Destiny is live content. And then the later sentence, of course, is live content may be altered, removed, deleted, or discontinued by Bungie at any time, even if you've not used it or otherwise engaged with it prior to alteration, removal, deletion, or discontinuation. So lawyers at Bungie headquarters said, whole game's live content, and we can do whatever we want with it at any time. 
Now, chances are this language changed a little bit over the course of a couple of years. That's how these things work. We can really only look at the current one. You probably bought Destiny or Forsaken in a year prior to this, but suffice it to say, what they have said is everything can go. And in that parenthetical that I skipped, that includes unlockable content, gear, live events, activities, destinations, you know, your planets, account <laughs> stats, virtual assets, virtual currencies, which I did flag in my video. I was like, you could do what now with the currencies? Codes and achievements. And then the only place that they remotely made a mistake is when they talk about the live content being removed in the parenthetical there, they say, for example, upon termination of the agreement or cessation of online support for the program. In that parenthetical, the context is, yeah, if we eject you because you're cheating or using bad words, whatever else you're doing, or if we turn off the whole thing, of course, that's allowed. We can always turn mm -hmm. off our game, right? We know that. We've been, we've been living now for a decade or more with the announcement that Sony's turning off whatever game you forgot that you had played six years ago. Yep. That's not unusual. What's more unusual is the concept of we can start lopping off season one and season two and season three. And from a legal perspective, it's pretty clear that the language says that they can. Now, in my video, I go into a little deeper because people really want to know if they can fight it at all about good faith and fair dealing, which is a generalized kind of equitable argument that says you have to have the benefit of the bargain that you think you're getting. And so they can't just do really weird stuff. And the example I like to use is, you know, Bungie has those sentences. They couldn't lop off all the content and replace it with an accounting calculator and, and, and get away with it. That's the right. kind of thing where the court will say, all right, that's not what anybody expected. I don't care what the words say. Yeah, but when you talk about, we're going to get rid of Mars, we're going to get rid of Mercury, we're going to get rid of Leviathan, we're going to get rid of Forsaken, you might have a better argument. Now, Forsaken's unusual insofar as Destiny 2 had all this other stuff that they got rid of, but that was the whole package and stuff was getting added onto it and grafted onto it. Forsaken was sold separately. Forsaken is still sold separately right now. now. Which I hate. Correct. And, we'll and doesn't, have, doesn't have a warning on it. It, it was Correct. the weirdest thing because you go back to that blog that Bungie put forward. They say, hey, this is what we're going to do. You can even tell they're couching it kind of at the time. They know there's going to be some, some blowback. But... We're going to give it to you free, I think, on December 7th. Yep. I think something, something like that. 30th anniversary and, stuff. Yeah. And then it'll be available to you until the February 22nd. And I said, well, that's super weird because you can buy it for $25 right now. It'll be free to you in six weeks and it'll be gone in another two months. So if I'm Bungie, just maybe even for marketing, I probably make it free when I put that blog post mm -hmm. up. I don't know exactly why they're gathering $25 for the next six weeks. Somebody somewhere on the planet Earth is going to get taken by that money. Uh, that's just the way these things work. And so that's not what I would have done. And I don't like this model at all. I mean, we can talk about the practicalities separate from the legalities at some point. But for the people asking about the law, for the most part, this software license agreement is very, very, very built towards Bungie. Not that unusual, yep, right. um, but they reserve the right to do this kind of thing. So it's really more of a practical complaint. What is legal is not always right. Right. What is right is not always legal. And the corollary, of course, illegal and wrong. I don't love what they're doing here for any number of reasons. But as far as the license itself goes, yeah, their counsel looked at this when they wrote it and when they when they did this. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a quick question in reference. Yeah. To, um, in reference to obviously, I know your frustration with the model, the, the Destiny content vault. Totally understand where you're coming from. My question is, you know, is this a precedent it has there been another i know it's not a lot of mmos but has it been another mmo that has 
done similar. I know Travis is shaking his head because I think you kind of you alluded to last last word, you know, that there was. So Travis, can you enlighten me? Because I don't play a lot of other MMOs, so I, I'm very curious. Yeah, so hit Travis, me with the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So my um, I did watch your video from beginning to end, Hoke, and I think the the part that I disagree with you on is the classification and comparison of Destiny to other MMOs. Okay. Uh, because the MMO model is pretty different from what Destiny's doing. And if I had to classify Destiny, I would say that it's closer to a games as a service game like Fortnite or Apex. And those games get rid of content all the time. The 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 model is a little bit different. The Fortnite was a, a paid game at first and now it's kind of gone free to play. But it's it's extremely common and I would say it's even just part of like the industry changing and the way that the model is that like if you're not there when the Fortnite world explodes at the end of the season, you don't get that content, right? You 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 miss that event. And Destiny has actually done those sorts of live events where you have to be logged on that hour or you're gonna miss it. And they do the season pass model, they do seasonal content that's gone as soon as the week's over, you can't play that content anymore, that sort of thing. And I think that that model is a little bit different from MMOs. And if you're comparing it to a games as a service, this is extremely common. Content gets added and removed all the time. Um, there, Travis, and I, so the, I, model, the model there go ahead. is distinguished by the business, right? So, so Fortnite never sold you the Comet Hits the Fortnite Island campaign and then is taking it away, right? Yeah. So I, I totally am okay with the seasonality concept. In fact, when I was gonna look at the definition of live content, I assumed that Bungie would call it that kind of thing, seasonality, passes, whatever. I do get that. And, and, and certainly there's a difference between kind of a free-to-play approach and a paid approach. But most specifically with Forsaken, even over the baseline game, that's where I think it's kind of the most highlighted and emboldened, which is like the yeah. Forsaken box is not the Forsaken box when this is done. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And so that's a part where, and we talked about this last week, where I think Destiny's business model hasn't evolved with their game. Their okay. game uses a service model and their, their, their way that they're charging people hasn't evolved at all. And in fact, they've done stuff to, to uh, make their game align more with the service model, like add microtransactions, like add Eververse. season passes, yeah. which were with Eververse, which was not in the game when it originally launched. So they've made those changes, but they have failed to remove their old model of selling you season passes and that sort of stuff. And so I th my theory is eventually they will go that way. They'll just charge you for season passes. The expansions won't cost you anything. But at some point, if they're, if, you know, they're getting rid of the old expansions to make way for this new model, that's obviously going to create some friction. And I totally agree with what you said in the video that like you got to be on the on the consumer side on this. And in this case, the consumer is sort of getting a a you know they're getting a raw deal, and it doesn't feel like they like when you bought Forsaken, you didn't know this was going to happen in the same way that you might know now if you bought a season pass that that it wouldn't go away or that that it would go away. So. I, I think it's it's really interesting, but I think it has more to do with our industry evolving and the way that games are made and the way content is given versus the old way of like monetization. And Destiny is super ahead on one side and way behind on the other. And they just have to they have to make their model align with the game that they've now created. I think that's like the biggest thing. The other thing that I would really like to see is if it really is a technical limitation, which I don't 100% buy that because as you've pointed uh, World of Warcraft does has a lot more content. Final Fantasy VII is like 300 14. hours long. 
Final Fantasy XIV has like uh, ten campaigns you can play right now. Um, I, I think if it is if it is a technical limitation, they need to give players access to the vault. Fine, take it out of the game, put it in a vault, but let me access the vault through a separate app where I can just play the campaign there, and that way it doesn't affect the player base or the download sides or that that. And other games do that, by the way. Like there's. Uh, you know, you play like Crackdown, even the Halo Infinite, it's going to have two separate apps that they're selling you one separate from the other. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's that's my thoughts on it. But I like right. that idea. Vault of Destiny. I love it. I, I want to sure. ask Vault of, Vault question, of Glass. Uh, before I give it back to E, is that uh, you, you, you spark some Twitter spiciness, man. I ain't going to let you go with this one. Okay, which is, what I do? Um, uh, yeah, it's you like, what do I do now? All right. <laughs> That's <laughs> always my question. All right. Our friend Dom, you know, fellow analyst, you know, you know, Dom, we always talk a Destiny fan. And you guys, I see you go, you guys going mm. back when the back and forth when the news was announced, right? And one thing that I thought was very striking when, when they were giving the reasoning behind the Destiny content vault. The game is getting too big, right? All yeah. these technical things, blah, 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 blah. And you eloquently said, I don't believe that. I did. A single sentence. I don't believe them. Yeah, that's don't true. Believe. So uh, again, I, I'm not going to act like I'm a developer here. You know, I'm not going to try to defend, you know, Bungie with stuff I don't really know either. Right. But I, I got to get you on this. Like, yeah. why do you feel strongly that maybe they are not being forthright with the technical aspects of this reasoning for the Destiny content vault. Yeah, and I, I don't believe them go... either, by the way. So I'm with Doug on this one. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. and if you go down further in that thread, it's a little bit more nuanced. I like to sometimes be a little, uh, I like to punch the argument in the mouth a little bit just so that That's you're, true. make sure you're listening. Really? On the internet? Is that yeah, I know. Believe it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, when I say I don't believe them, I think it's yeah. more along the lines of, I don't believe that there is no avenue with which they could be either correcting their platform, building something on the, the back end, or solving this for the consumers without lopping off stuff that they have bought. And you know, you constantly hear, you can't just throw money at it, you can't just throw people at it. That, that's, not, that's all fine. And I understand how maybe their platform is broken. Um, Ooh, but what about the spaghetti code of Tiger Engine? What about yeah. that? And, 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 and I think part of the thread that I not said well in there is, here's the deal, exactly. Bungie. Whatever your issues might be, whether or not I believe them, I want to hear at a scene. fundamental level, it's not my problem. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you sold me a product. If it doesn't work, uh, I'm, very, I, I'm very sympathetic to your excuses. What you do is hard. Gaming is hard. Software engineering is hard. I don't have a problem with that. But you ask me to kind of give your excuses, evangelize them to others. No, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. Figure it out. And... I want to play Forsaken and you're not going to let me do that. And that's, you know, we're going to have words that your model is fundamentally taking advantage of at bare minimum the people three years ago. If you want to say, Travis, and I kind of agree with this. Okay, well, you're, you're, on, you're on notice now, Rick. Uh, I would say, yep. Okay, that's fair. They're also oh, not getting sure. a tweet sale out of me. I mean, like that's, yeah. as soon as it happened, I said, and I'm not lying about this. I'm like, yeah. I like Destiny, but I'm not, I'm not in for this. I'm not, I'm, this is... This is not what I signed up for. And so I won't do it again. All right. You know, fool me once. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I don't believe them because it, it doesn't strike me as accurate with every other piece of information that I have. It does strike me that maybe the resources would be intense to right. fix whatever they've got going on. And that to me is perhaps more honest. I, I'm the rare I'm the rare guy on the internet that would actually probably prefer the message. It's like, look, guys, we got to make money on this. We need to feed our families. 
Um, so it would take X amount of man hours. We don't want to do that. This we thought, thought was the, the middle road. Chances are Rick Hogue likes that messaging more. Um, doesn't work for most. Um, no, I don't so even, I get I don't even think from, it's I, about I money. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's money. And I don't believe the technical excuse either. I really think it's about splitting the player base. They've got this mm. monster game and they've got 50 activities you can be in and they can't keep 50 playlists active. It's like when servers go offline when you, in a multiplayer game, when it's been out for like six years, right? Like it, when that happens, you have to turn off the servers because there's not enough players to keep that playlist. Mm-hmm. And I think the the expansion like how many how many forsake you got the patrol zone you got any activities like if you're doing uh yes yeah, the uh, table the the two activities the baron yeah what um, i yeah, honestly I mean, like it's I not would, nothing i would definitely say though like one of the reasons they're probably getting rid of it is because it is underutilized right now so probably one sure. of the reasons it's not being used so when you say splitting the player base you have new players potentially coming in that are going to experience a really good story. And then they're probably going to fall into play because we don't, we can't even replay them right now. So they play it once. It's not like they're like, Oh, I'm going to go do these Baron fights, you know, or whatever. And we have like 10 different. This tentacles. is why I'm constantly onboarding characters, by the way. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> um, but that's kind of what takes me into kind of my whole thoughts on this thing is you have new players in six months that are going to miss out on, as Hogue said, one of the best stories and like, literally pieces of content that we've ever had in the game. Now, Dreaming City stays. I get that the raid stays and the dungeon is there. Cool. But those are even going to be more out of context when the Forsaken story isn't there. You also was already weird. It was already (laughs) weird. Like the new lights like, hey, here's the Fast and Furious guy. And now here's the universe. Cool. This is about what you got to go into. But at least what we have the connection to Mara now. We have, you know, Crow, Aldrin, all of those pieces of what's going on which seem to be very important going forward, by the way, like going into Witch Queen, it probably would be good to know who all these people are that are going to leave right when you need to play that new expansion. You're like, hey, you got on Game Pass. Oh, cool. You got this thing. You played it for a little while. I hope you played it. But I think the other piece that bugs me the most about all of this is that they're charging money for it at all right now. And I'm with, yeah, that, yeah, this is the part that bugs me the most. Like if you're on steam or any store, it should say will be free. It should be a plastered warning, something. And again, business model, they don't want to do that because if some schmuck goes in and doesn't listen to a podcast or look at a bungee blog, they don't know it's going to be free in two months. But if they figure it out later, they're going to be not free. Gone. Yeah. Gone. It's going to be free in December and then gone. Yeah. Free in December. And then, gone in six months and said hey this content will be leaving here and again pr move would be the smart way to say hey now that we announced this is going away you got friends who haven't played it go get it for free everybody can play this thing because then it will go away at least that would give them kind of a decent leg to stand on i still hate that it's going away because it's so important to what story is going to be going forward especially as we are building into a good story for sake understanding this stuff and not having to go watch a bife video no offense amazing videos but like if it's sitting there in the game yeah, it's like if it's sitting there in the game and you can go experience the Forsaken campaign, see what Aldrin went through, trying to do all this stuff for his sister and then basically screws up everything we've got now and all of those pieces, the interactions that you miss, you like they're they're going to be so out of touch when it comes to Witch Queen. A new player is going to be like, well, this person looks cool, but why are we here? Who's Mara? What's Crow doing? You, you don't think they already will, though, with all the seasonal stuff like so much has happened in the past oh, couple I mean, that's... seasons, week to week stories that isn't going to make sense to you. Like, even if you play it, it makes sense to me. I can tell you that yeah. I was watching my brother play and I was like, wait, what is what is Osiris doing? Wait, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. If, if if you play Forsaken and then Shadowkeep and then uh, Beyond Light. 
Beyond Light and then you go straight to Witch Queen, the Beyond Light to Witch Queen will not make sense to you. There's no way that you yeah. like kill Aramis and you're like, cool, or you freeze Aramis and then you're like, wait, now there's all these new characters and somebody died and there's like all well, these betrayals like, going on. As we on. talked yeah. about in the last week, there needs to be, depending on yeah. what you've missed, as like the timeline. And then each timeline mm -hmm. you can go through, play, even if it's just like the inkblot storyboard cinematics that we kind of keep mentioning, however they want to do those because those are probably a little lower budget do something like that to explain how we got to where we are. So somebody can at least some see something in game that's visually presented in kind of a nice, easy, you don't have to go read books of text. Um, <laughs> it preferably at least. Um, and you could be like, Hey, the if you want to see more, you could have the option. Yeah. You could have lore books. Hopefully they keep, if they like vault lore books, I'll be like, what the hell? But, <laughs> but overall I would say like, go in like them out of your physical library. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, what have you missed? Like the seasonal content for last year, like, what's Drifter's story? Have you seen any of those interactions? They need to have those little things that you need to interact with in the game. And if that stuff isn't there going into Witch Queen, it's even harder and harder because we know there's three more years of this franchise and it's making it harder and harder for anyone to jump in and not be completely lost, especially for somebody like you who wants to at least experience the story. You'd love to have some backstory. Life's cool, but you'd much probably rather have it in game if you could. <laughs> It's super, it's super weird. And, and this is from someone that had played enough to at least have a, a grounding to, to go through the onboarding process right now and, and get to that screen where it's just, here's the eight boxes on the side. And then I, I'm like, I don't even know what the game wants me to do. In, yeah, in terms isn't it, of, I, I just want to see the story. Isn't it crazy, Hope, that you've, you said you've played this game for hundreds of hours and, and you're a casual? Yeah, you play yeah, hundreds of hours and you don't even get to know what's going on in the story. <laughs> you you get people will laugh at you when you say you played hundreds of hours because they'll be like, "Come on, that's like you're not a real Destiny player." No, I'm like luck. what? I'm yeah. luck. No, it's it's, it's the just absolute, an amateur. No, my understanding of things going on there's a crystal and some moths. Like I, it's like okay, yeah. all good. <laughs> imagine that for imagine that for any other game. Imagine if you told your friends, "Yeah, I played like 400 hours of The Witcher 3 and they were like, "Wow, casual. You need to really play that game." Like you probably don't even know what's happening in it you'd be like like what yeah no well maybe it needs a witcher journal maybe you know i was hopeful when i saw that they added that timeline i was like oh they could do something right there and then it was mostly i just think like, they will they have to they have to add something in game to catch people up because it's crazy Shout out yeah, real quick did. to gaming forte with the five dollar super chat question, we lose the single player campaign, but keep the raid. Last time I checked, the campaign led up to the raid. Seems like a middle ground. I don't think anybody's argued that keeping De Dreaming City like one of everybody's favorite destinations is a bad thing. Like having the dungeon, right. having the Dreaming City, still the secrets in there. But even I more disagree so, that it builds up through the campaign. Well, I good. Though. I, yeah, I mean, you can you go from the Tangled Shore to the Dreaming City. You actually like Dreaming enter the, the destination. The Good, yeah, yeah. I mean, you go to it, but the raid is about like you fighting a dragon and it, it has kind of nothing to do with it. I mean, that's still Sabathun who was actually causing, you know, that's the whole thing that caused Crow to, or Aldrin, I should say, to kind of do what he did. Anyway, but the idea is like now what you're saying, Forte, I was going to say, you lose the single complaint. You lose the connection to this raid. The raid now is even more out of context. Kind of the way the Leviathan was like, unless you did the one, uh, what were they called? Like the one little like side mission that basically ever mentioned Callus. We all went to the raid. We're like, yeah. hey, here's this big giant gold ship. Oh, yeah, what the yeah, hell yeah, is yeah. this? A patrol. It was a patrol. Yeah, a patrol. Yeah, yeah, whatever it yeah. was. And it was, um, and we're all going. Oh, no, it was an adventure. That's what it was. Adventure. Yes. Oh, yeah. They, that's, oh, my God. I forgot adventures were in the game. Yeah. yeah. See? Crazy. <laughs> but I was like, unless you knew that, 
like you go to Callus and you're going, okay, I have no idea why we're here. It's cool and shiny. But again, and now again, same thing's going to happen. Last Wish, very cool raid, fun mechanics. One of the coolest examples to actually go through for a Destiny raid. If you actually get through it, it's a hell of an experience. But again, why are we here? I don't know if you're a new player. And that's the hard part. I wanted to... um Again, have some fun with Hogan, start trouble. Uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is uh, about, let's, let's put ourselves in the, in the mindset. Let's get, let's get our corporate cog on for a little bit. Let's put ourselves in the mindset of Bungie. So, All right, Bungie. See, yeah, financial hats, here right? we go. But I, did, I mean, some of the Cowboys accuse me of this, so I think it's funny. So I might as well just play into this. But um, what I was going to say is like, what do you say? You actually mentioned one of my thought process of why they, I think they're doing this, right, in your, in your video. What if part of this, because like I said, you eloquently say, Tangle Shore, High Moon Studios helped on that, right? Yeah. What if part of this is we are suddenly, slowly disconnecting all Activision-assisted content? One, right? Two, what about they say, okay, from a cohesion point, because in fairness, if a new player comes into the game, right? It's, we all know the onboarding is terrible. Let's just call it what it is. It's not good. You don't know really yeah. what's going on. But one of the more egregious things, in my opinion, is obviously the progression of the Crow character from Aldrin to Crow. But then if you're playing and you go into the Tangle Show where Spider is and you see <laughs> him there when he should be in the helm, so there's that disconnect. Okay, why is some people mentioning him here? And then when I play Tangle Shore, he's this character. But then over here, he's somewhere else. So from a narrative cohesion standpoint, you know, that's another reason. Then the third reason, like I think what um, Travis was saying, which was like, OK, let's just say they because we know Bungie are, are very analytic driven. Right. They're very data driven. So what if they're like, look, we're looking at all the destinations, which I don't know how Nessus survives this. But <laughs> Tangle Shore is by far the least populated zone in our metrics. Right. And they come together and say all this Except stuff. Spider. And Spider has this little like, beep, beep. right, right. He's the, <laughs> yeah. he's the broker today. You go there. Okay. What's the, what's the exchange rate on the, on the shot? Uh -huh. Currency yeah, exchange yeah. on the Japanese yeah. market. It's early. It's yep. 2 a.m. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. He, he's the a voice actor from Gears of War. Uh, Mark Street. He's amazing. But um, so what if they look at those Ender. three things and say, yeah. these are really the reasons why Activision, play account, narrative thing. With those three things, does Hulk still hold that stance like, yo, I don't care? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Cog. Yeah. So here, here's the thing, right? So you have these conversations online. I, I, and I, I understand being a fan of something. And I don't have a problem with people, you know, backing up Destiny or Bungie on these things. I, I get how that can happen. Um, if you're in the nine, let's say, it's, you know, you are in the 98% and they say there's 2% of people that enjoy the Tangled Shore. We're not going to worry about you. I think that's fine from an analytical perspective. If that is in fact the case, I am not in the 98%. So I can only speak from my experience. Fair, fair. Um, and I, I say, okay, that's fine. Then you don't care about me. That's okay. I don't care about you. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it isn't an emotional response there. It's, I, I disagree with this model. These are the kinds of things I like. I like your campaign content. That should never go away. I like the vault idea in terms of letting me play it separately. Um, in terms of the narrative, they have, they have the smallest bits of lines around their UI and their menu suggesting that when you go and play Forsaken, it's a, it's a memory. Um, I can't, I can't remember what it is. It's, uh, oh, it's like a dream sequence or something. Yeah. Like you yeah, can it, simulation like even that. like you could do something like it that. It might be, it might say simulate. I remember like clicking through it being like, it's, you know, this is, this is old. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, it's fine. 
Um, so I think if you could, you could do better with that and say, you know, this is, this is how this happened. I mean, like, look, you, you play Forsaken and you're like, oh, the blue, the blue guy is super bad. That's a bad guy right there. Um, and that's like where you're set up. He's freaking Thanos for that campaign, right? And I love that. Uh, but yeah, when you're otherwise getting messages when you're not playing Forsaken and like whatever current destiny is, you're like, well, uh, he's he's like, I don't know, he's like a Han Solo type now. I don't I don't know what the hell's <laughs> happening with him. So and, and again, I, I kind of missed beats between Shadow and 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 Beyond Light. So it's like I he's good. He, something happened in there. Um, and yet I think we're mostly capable of being like, that's a cool story. You don't get confused watching one of the Star Wars is out of order and saying, I don't understand how those other ones work together. You say, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, this is old. I can handle that from a narrative perspective. I think the analytics is probably where the closest is. And I know I mentioned the Activision thing because it was so obvious in Forsaken. When you here. read those articles and it's Bro. Bungie did the Dreaming City and High yep. Moon did the rest. And it's like, oh, what survived, huh? And it's like, yeah, okay. All right. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not I'm sure that there's somebody that said, this is a perfect way to do it. And hey, it just happens to be this way as well. I don't really think it's driving him that way. You don't okay. kill good content just because you didn't like your former partners. Uh, but I think the data is probably right. You see it in multiple of their blog posts that say, you know, whatever, Warmind is 0.3% and it's 5% of our size. I think they said at one point yeah, on their blogs. Right. And so I, I get it. I get how you can get there. I think it's massively disrespectful to the people that got you to the place where your game is as popular as it is. Um, and I also understand that I am not the only person in the marketplace and I'm not maybe even emblematic of the modern marketplace. And so far as if I go to that raid and I see the fat guy in the golden ship, I am not as enthused about it. If I don't understand the ins and hows and what, why's this is all happening versus I think a lot of people are not me and it's got cool mechanics and it looks cool. And there's a fat guy to kill. I don't, do you kill him at the end? See, I don't play raids. Anyway. <laughs> kind of. It's hard, it's okay. hard to explain. It's, it's He's a robot. Okay. So I, I think a lot of people can be engaged with the situation as just presented as almost a just a metaphor. You know, it's, it's just games and, and cool and you're jumping through hoops and you're doing that kind of thing. I don't have any problem with that. Um, but I, just like I'm not the guy that's playing the arena shooters, if I'm yeah. not, why are we why are we fighting? Why right. why is this a medieval castle and this is a science fiction spaceship? I, I don't. Why is this all happening? That isn't. That, that isn't what I like. I like to have a, a world. And, and that's why, you know, Final Fantasy 14 is probably a better fit for me than what Destiny is doing right now, even right. though I'm more inclined, generally speaking, to like Space Wizards and, and, and science yeah. fiction um, than what 14 is doing, which I haven't gotten far enough. I, again, gets good at 200 hours or whatever, right? Um, so it's I way haven't, too much I haven't work. gotten far Trust enough me. in 14. Yeah, yeah uh, it's but, way too much work. Yeah. So Cog, you asked me, does it make, does it change my mind? No, because I'm still me. Um, and that doesn't convince me. And I don't care what your analytics show if I bought Forsaken and I can't play it now, which yeah, you know, isn't, isn't convincing anybody in the bungee boardroom. That's fine. Right. But I can only, I can only advocate for my consumer of course, of experience. Course. Of course, absolutely. I, guys, shout guys, out, sorry, I was going to say one thing real quick. Shout out to Alex yes. with the $2 super chat. He just said, Hogue is wrong. And I just sure. got here. Literally all Attic said. So Attic be a messy. Addict what am just, I not? He, he, he put just kidding at the end. Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> no, shout out Attic. What's up, man? Um, good chat. Oh, I'm sorry. No, Travis. Yeah, yeah I, I was just going to be devil's advocate one more time uh, to this conversation because I think that there's sometimes this. I, I would, I would, I would describe it as like a uh, an inaccurate kind of description that 
games are becoming more it's more anti-consumer friendly because of the seasonal model and because of uh games as a service and that sort of thing which is something i i disagree with um i i think that the old model of like you buying a game and you feeling like you own it and having it on a disc even though you don't own it because of drm but like you know you you feel like you own it because you have the disc and you can play it anytime uh th- that that model it it had some good things about it, like your ability to resell it or your ability to, you know, have it and put it in your tray anytime you want. But it also had a lot of things that weren't good for the consumer, like uh, the fact that the, the cost was pretty high. The barrier of entry was high. The cost is much lower in the games of service era with stuff like Game Pass. If Destiny continues to be on Game Pass in the future, the expansions go away as kind of a barrier of entry. And then you're just playing things over the time. But I, th- I think there's room for both, right? There's room for games where you like you buy it and you own it and Hogue will go and buy and play those games. And I'm sure they will continue to make those games forever because there's clearly a market for it. And I would say PlayStation kind of owns that market right now. Like they are, that's where they've put all their focuses in those games where you, you play them, you enjoy the story, and then you put it in a box until you want to play it again later. But there's also a market for the reverse, right? There's a market for people who want that low barrier of entry and want something that grows and evolves over time and has content that they can play every week. And you're probably right, Hogue. You have a lot of introspection in terms of like, I, that's not for me. And that's totally fine. Uh, I think there's room for both. But I think the idea that like one model is bad or uh, predatorial is is just inaccurate. And that sometimes comes up in this conversation. The caveat here is that I do agree. Most people bought Forsaken thinking that they'd be able to play it forever, right? And that that I would say going forward, nobody thinks that. And I think the way that Bungie describes in their terms of user agreement, they describe everything as live content. I actually agree. I think that that's true. Like nobody plays Destiny and thinks like, oh, well, it's going to be like this forever because your favorite gun can get nerfed or they can take it out of the game. They've done that before or make it so that you basically can't play it. Um, and, and that's content that you paid for in a sense. But the idea of you owning things in a live service game is sort of, you know, that's not that's not really how it works and it, nor should it because the game is evolving and changing all the time. And sometimes they take stuff away from you to balance the sandbox or yada, yada. Um, and, and I think that's sort of just something that people have to, know what they're getting into. And I think the industry can do a lot better in distinguishing what type of game it is, right? Like Bungie should, Destiny should almost have like a live tag attached to it so that when you play it, you know that everything is subject to change. That said- That Rick on the cover. He lost- right, not, not for you, not too. for you. Stay away, yeah. yeah. That, that said, I, I, still, I still think it applies to the old model of doing it too, not- completely offline games like the Super Nintendo, but even today you can buy a game and they can remove content that they've removed uh, episodes from TV shows because of content that they found to be offensive. And you can't watch that anymore unless you own the discs. So this is like a, this is a worldwide thing. It's even not even really contained. Oh, to but just see those people who bought the discs well, actually still can go watch them. <laughs> yeah, I actually went and bought discs of some of my favorite comedy shows because there was a, you know, PC uh, no, thing recently no. where they were taking taking episodes down and i was like well the D episode of community you can't watch online anymore because of the offensive show. and that's the best episode of the show i was like i'm it gonna go buy classic. that buy that season so um yeah no, I, I, I totally i empathize with with, with what you're saying hogue in terms of it, it's unfortunate but I, I don't think it's the only model well you started this with devil's advocate and i have to say this is why i like talking to you travis i, I don't fundamentally disagree with anything that you said in in the macro scope there i i think that was very insightful uh, to say different products are for different people. And I, what I really like is I completely agree with the notion of 
If you look at how, you, how much it costs to play something, if you want to entertain yourself with a video game, it has never been easier. Whether you want to pop into Fortnite or Warframe or a dollar thing on your phone, there are so many ridiculous values for people out there right now. I do think that you can get predatorial in any model, whether you're selling it originally or whether you're free to play and doing something else. So Talk about I, the Ubisoft model, the, yeah, the well, microtransactions and I, I, I jokingly yeah. tell people, it's like, I'm the stupidest person. I love Ubisoft, so I buy them day one. I like, I like to support them. But it's like, that. I bought Far Cry 6. That game is going to be like $30 next month. I mean, that, that's just what <laughs> they do. They put it on sale on Black Friday for like... And the microtransactions kill me in those games. And, but yeah. and you know, but I, but I like those games. And so, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's its own version of an idiot tax. So that's fine. Um, but no, I, I fundamentally agree with you that it can support different models. And, and one of the things I like to do in virtual legality, the reason I read through end user license agreements, the reason I talk so often about how stupid it is that streamers do what they do when they don't have the license to do it, not because you're gonna get killed at any given day, but because you're making your livelihood on this kind of thing. Go, go put pressure on these folks to give you the license to freaking stream things that transparency, I think, solves a lot of these problems. If, if Destiny is selling itself as Fortnite and For Forsaken is an event that you want to participate in while it's available, um, even if it had some kind of ticket component, like you're doing something where you have to actually pay the money to participate, that to me reads differently. And the more people that can know that, the better. And I think you're right. You know, the second vault here should be a pretty big notice. Um, Bungie's being stupid about selling things for an extra month. I, I don't know yeah, why. That's I, but yeah, that's ridiculous. We all agree. But in there. terms of notice, transparency is, is always what I'm about. I... I had somebody come into my comments the other day, and I think it was talking about this, the vault concept. I said, well, I thought you were for contracts. Uh, Rick, how can you complain about this? This is just Bungie being capitalistic. I was like, well, okay, so I'm for freedom of contract, and that's great. I'm for people being able to enter into the stupidest contracts they want to. I'm also capable of calling out what I think are stupid contracts and telling you, hey, look, Bungie has a sentence in here that says we can revoke your virtual currency at any time. That's, that's super weird. I mean, I actually paid you $10 for whatever it is that V-Bucks, the equivalent yeah, is in Destiny. And, and Bungie yeah. could tomorrow say, nah, actually, that's zero. It's like, uh, They've done it before. <laughs> They've converted our currencies before. And Have they? Stuff yeah. like that. Well, yeah. so, not, not silver, but other stuff. One yeah. of the things that happens in these terms and conditions is, and this is where a lot of parentheticals come from, if you've ever kind of watched them evolve, is they respond after the fact to issues that were brought up and they had to refund somebody or somebody had a problem with it or the Better Business Bureau was called. So you start to get little tweaks. Yep. Oh, by the way, we meant this and we meant this and we meant this. So yep. I, I like to point out what you're agreeing to, not to tell you you can't. I can editorialize as I did in this video and say I think it's a bad model, but if you want to do it, as long as you understand, your eyes are wide open, I'm never going to say you shouldn't do that. That's you. That's your values. That's what you like. If you love Destiny, you're okay with all this, go for it. I'm out, but that's fine. I'm a guy. I feel you. Respectfully, respectfully. Can I, last, can I ask a question before we move on to yeah, the I other have one stuff? last one too, yeah. Oh, you go first then, then I'll, I'll wrap yeah. up because mine's sort of unrelated. Oh, okay. Yeah, the last one I had was just um from a solution standpoint. The thing that we saw he... Uh, trending during this whole period was destiny, destiny 3. three yep and i wanted to get your thoughts pros because this one has this is a big split and a lot of i don't want to be disrespectful casual P destiny players or people who hey, don't only a couple hundred hours yeah. right you, know? <laughs> <laughs> well, not, yeah, not. you gotta hit I'll at least a thousand to be considered reasonable in yeah. this game you gotta pump those numbers up those are rookie yeah. numbers those, those are rookie numbers, numbers. <laughs> i would not you want to go look at my how much i've played a destiny in my like my my gamer tag 
I'm going to check. But a lot of people were saying, you know, I don't understand. This is like a, a good reason why they should just drop the two, make three, and then alleviate the issues. But then the, the flip side, people were saying, well, you're still back at the same thing. You know what I'm saying? You're still going to, you know, back where you started and, and, and content has to be built again. So, like, where are you at with that? Because clearly they've made a decision once to split from Activision, which was surprising to me and E and Travis, which was like, yo, we're going to stay here in this world. We're staying. We're iterating. You know what I mean? We Here's, by the way, Lightfall, Final Shape, and all these other expansion names that we're hearing that this thing is going to continue to go on. So, like, where are you at with the Destiny 3 divide in the community? So I don't think I articulated this in my own video, but when I see the scenario as presented and giving Bungie the full benefit of the doubt, this is just a technological impasse. We can't do anything except lop off the front to make this work. Basically, we can support 100 gigs or, or a, a little north of 100 gigs, and we're going to have to keep kind of managing around that. My honest feeling was the, the right move from a consumer basis is to start working on Destiny 3 and a platform that is actually what you want it to be and to shift when that's done and to, and to move people over there. And, and I don't know what that cost looks like. And I know the reason you don't do that from a business perspective is you're independent now. You need that ROI. You can't afford the risk of the mm -hmm. people don't come with. Yep. And I get that. I, I, am not, <laughs> I am not blind to the corporate answers and how that boardroom looks and what the financial folks are saying about these questions. I just come at the internet from a very specific perspective. I'm a corporate lawyer. Most people expect me to just go with whatever the, the entities are saying. I, I look at it and say, no, I can fully understand where they're coming from. We are not on the same side of this question. You, you are not Bungie. You don't have shares in Bungie, I don't think, unless, unless you know. No, I don't. You, you do. So, you know, hey. But we're on different sides of this question. So let's look at it from that perspective. So I, I look at it and say, I think your platform is fundamentally broken. As far as I can tell, what you've announced to the world is you're going to have to keep doing this. So if you bought Shadowkeep or you bought Beyond Light or you bought Witch Queen, ultimately, that product we're trying to sell you three years from now, then it's not going to be yours anymore, regardless of whether it's the best thing since sliced bread. So I look at that and say, you guys wanted to and did. I'm hearing from Invantis. I'm hearing from other folks and, and saying they're getting there with story. Like it's working yeah, now. Story's good. It, it story's feels amazing. good. I don't yeah. know that much because I, like I said, Crystal Moth, that's what I got. Yes. But if that is the case, this model is like fundamentally wrong for that. I can agree with Travis that Fortnite makes sense because nobody really cares when the comet hit or when Troy Baker showed up as a spy or whatever. We're fighting Superman and, and it's all good now. But if you're going to tell this story and you want to watch those twists and turns, you want to live, you know, uh, he was Aldrin when I knew him. And I think I've heard you use the word crow. So I'm going to yes. use that and try to sound really on top of it. He is now crow um, and he's a guardian, by the way. He's also a moth crystal. Yes, yes. I get no, but Aldrin is actually a guardian. Aldrin, Aldrin was killed. I'm just trying to confuse you. Aldrin is actually now. a guardian, though. That's uh, Crow is a guardian. Okay, so. he is. Yep. He's a guardian. Okay, all right. Well, this is good to know. I'll get on the. I'll get on the the BYF channel. I'll I'll, I'll figure this all out. But uh, that if that's your goal, and I love that goal. I, BYF. I, BYF. I can't get past that. Shout out to like, where is he? I was on the BYF channel. It's Fife. Is, is it Fife? Yeah, it's, it's like my name. Yeah, it's, my name is Bife. Oh, yeah. Oh, please, please. Well, I was, 
And Your then I don't know why because I've been crying. calling him Biff, like Back to the Future, for the longest no. time. I know. I know. Gotta, I that's why you got to come man. back to the last word more often. That's why you got to come back so we can get you out of these tropes. Oh, yes. Well, if you ever need the dumb guy that has no idea what's happening, I'm happy I'll to call my brother. Actually, no, I'm just kidding. I would actually prefer him to stay with his level of knowledge because it's like a, it's like a test case. We can yeah, bring him in. Right. We so can ask onboarding. him questions. What do you, we want you yeah. to explain what's happening in Destiny well, having done nothing. Mom. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, space mo- so, space no. monkey. I'm sorry, ape. Yeah. Gorilla? So, but I think I, I put in my video, right? I put a picture of Breaking Bad up and I said, it's like trying to follow a really great story when you lop off the first two seasons and, and it's not the same. And you can go watch somebody, you know, give you a summary of the first two seasons of Breaking Bad or whatever. It, it's not the same. It's not internal to the product. And frankly, I think Forsaken is great. I don't want to see it go because I like it. And I've actually played through it three times in three years. I mean, it's the kind of thing that I do go back to. It's not that long and it's a, it's a lot of fun. So I look at it as a loss and they don't. And, and I believe me, I, you probably know this running a Destiny, you know, podcast. I've got some animated folks in my comments to that. Oh, you're, sure you're, not, you're, not, you're not playing with you. They, they are very, yeah. they are very upset at me. Um, I, no, I've talked about international antitrust law that got people less upset. I had Tim Sweeney directly yelling at me on Twitter. He was less upset than the Destiny fans, just to be clear. (laughs) So, I mean, like, and that's fine. I I think engendering that kind of passion is actually really super cool, even if it's not coming from me. I I like that. I like that there are people that feel that way about products, but I can only call it like I see it. I'm not lying to you when I say this is how I feel about the model. Uh, So, uh, I I think everyone agrees, even Destiny fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's where I'm at. And then, what, uh, Travis? You, you you wanted the the last oh, oh. unintended. Michael, yeah. my question was just a, a question I forgot to ask you during the intro video, which is sure. what's your favorite Supreme Court case and why? And maybe we can exchange. I have a favorite, obviously. Everyone's That's got kidding. a favorite Supreme Court. Case. We're going to be a little yeah, off sure. topic so, for a second, everybody. I'm going to make note here. Hold on, timestamp of one eighteen, at least by this. Come on, you got to ask this. Everyone's got a favorite court case. This feels like uh, the, our longest running segment of helping. <laughs> Yeah, our new longest running segment. Yeah, what's, your long, what's your favorite? <laughs> it's right. not like what's I your favorite this. cookie? What's your favorite sandwich? What's your favorite? Sub- it is fitting for our guests. So go for it. Us, no, some of us right. American I, history buffs have a favorite Supreme Court case. My Ooh, favorite Supreme Court case, especially for explaining uh, current jurisprudence, is a case by the name of Wickard v. Filburn, mm. uh, which was the case shortly after the New Deal cases that helped establish that. Uh, growing your own wheat was interstate commerce because you didn't buy interstate wheat. And by contributing to that growth of the interpretation of the interstate commerce led to Congress basically being able to do whatever it wanted in the United States, starting in the early 20th century. Um, So that's a case that I actually have a video on. Check it out on Virtual Legality. If you're interested in Wickard v. Philburn, YouTube.com slash Hoko. I will actually watch this. That is a fantastic plug, by the way. Check it out on Virtual Legality, Hoke Law. Love it. Yeah, I occasionally put on the radio voice. Uh, yeah, I think that's actually my dumb corporate messaging voice. I'll have to look into it. <laughs> nice. um, yeah, so I actually occasionally, and, and some people like this, some people don't. So I, I primarily have Virtual Legality to talk about what I think are important interpretive legal questions through the lens of pop culture, right? Like, so I'm bringing lo- legal questions through, hey, is Spider-Man coming back to the MCU? How did that negotiation work with Sony? What is Scarlett Johansson saying about her contract? That kind of stuff. 
Um, but I also, when there's big Supreme Court cases, especially if I get pinged by a thousand people, I'll do that. So I just covered like the Supreme Court's uh, rejection of an injunction and temporary stay on uh, SB8, the, the Texas law. Um, so I did that. I, I generally don't ask state. I generally cover a lot of um, the more evocative Supreme Court decisions. I covered some of the the election lawsuits. Um, and yeah, I have a, what I call a Supreme Court series. So I think we're at like nine or 10 videos of that. It's a, it's a, it's a smaller audience. Uh, and one of those was Wickard v. Filburn, where I, where I talked about, well, they can't always get it right. And so uh, that's, that's my favorite historically. Yeah, and I, I don't nice. know that a lot of people share that one. My favorite is Nix v. Hedden. Uh, because that was the, um, the 1893, uh, the one that said that when it comes to U.S. customs, a tomato can be defined as a vegetable, even though oh, it's I fruit. See. Yes, yes, because uh, like that was, yeah, the, a, guy, a guy basically was saying, I don't have to pay your taxes on vegetables because I am shipping tomatoes. And there was a very long string of court cases that eventually uh, led to the Supreme Court saying, uh, you knew what we meant, and I really like that from my legal, my Court legal. Does it, do that from time to time. Yes, and it, it actually, it actually, it actually sets a pretty good legal precedent that the law should work as it, uh, as it is was intended to. Not that way, people aren't picking over the words and trying to find loopholes and that sort of stuff. That sometimes the, the Supreme Court could just be like, "Don't, don't do that. Don't try to pull that loophole on us." And and. Uh, yeah, like I, it's I a fruit because it's got seeds inside. It's so petty. It's <laughs> such a petty case, but it has big ramifications. I, I mean, like that a lot. I'm talking about wheat growing, so we got it. We got the agriculture. Uh, yeah, uh, we got. Uh, it's. it's it, I think there's a lot of history of agriculture in this country, or something. Now, we can, if we can, we've got carbs. We've got vegetables. Now, if we can just get something over protein, if you got a, if you have a lawsuit, <laughs> over I'm sure the there's lots of those. The most famous yeah. are about. Pregnant cows. Are you kidding me? I could go on and on. How much law do you want? <laughs> <laughs> okay, on real, uh, give, me, give, me, give me 60 seconds on the pregnant cows because then we're going to have a whole meal of law here. So this is going to be perfect. Sure, well, I'm going to have to remember the specifics here, but suffice it to say it was, can a contract exist where somebody thinks the cow is pregnant and the other party doesn't think it's pregnant? It's more valuable if it's pregnant. And so it's a question of meeting huh. of the minds in a contractual dispute and whether or not the guy that thought he sold a barren cow actually sold a pe- pregnant cow can get it back. Cows, baby. That's crazy. Cows out here. Cows. Wow. What is the value of a cow? There's a legal case for every every kind of food. There's just a legal case about whether Subway bread was bread. Are you kidding me? Oh, I think I do remember that. It was not. Too much sugar. Yep. Really? Oh. Too much sugar in the bread. I do remember that. Don't even get me started on the tuna. (laughs) (laughs) Is it pure mayo or what? No, it's just I don't think it actually has enough like grain or flour. I think it's actually whether it's sugar or high fructose. It's too much sugar. And then there's a there's a there's like an FDA definition. Um, so I'm I'm I'd be lying to you, Cog, if I said I could pull up from memory specifics. Yeah. Now there's a similar there's similar stuff right now with the impossible meat. Can they call it the impossible the 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 not milk? Can it be called milk if it's if it's soy, all that stuff? Like there's a lot of directly against First Amendment considerations. So you're also getting pushback from there was a case in California about um non-dairy uh butter that was made out of 
whatever well, it was vegan butter and yeah. whether or not you could call it butter because it has an assumption of dairy. It was a whole thing. Oh, and, and the, the dairy industry is out there just trying to crush these people. You can't call it milk. It's not milk. Right. And they're just it's so nut juice. Meat. Just let that roll off your tongue. <laughs> nut juice. They lost. They, they want to own the yeah. word though. They want to own the word. The meat industry does not away. want does not want impossible meat to be able to call it meat. They're like upset about it. Right? They're out there with the lawyers. I'm serious, dude. It's crazy. It's not lying. It's beyond beef and impossible meat. No, there's another oh, one too. I, it's like little things that you notice. Have you oh, next time you go to the grocery? Everybody likes ice cream. Well, notice if you go look at ice cream, it's either ice cream or frozen dairy dessert. And it all depends on how much like water or actually milk fat is in there. So it depends on, are you getting like real ice cream? Are you getting like a slightly less whipped variety? Like that's one of those random things that I've noticed as well. So when and are, ice cream. are you getting a forsaken campaign or are you getting a games as a service full circle? <laughs> Bam. Bam. <laughs> all right. Definitions matter. And I think that I was like, hoax at it best. Transparency is key. And for me, it's like, I'm going to go full circle and just say, like, just the fact that, like, tell people what's going on. If I go to the Xbox store right now and it says $24.99 for it, and I can still pay it in two months, it's free. That's just wrong, (laughs) in my opinion. So, something that is good, though, on Xbox, if you go to buy Forsaken, it'll tell you. Also on Game Pass. In your Game Pass. Like, it almost encourages you not to buy it. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah. Go to the PlayStation like, Store, go to Steam. Goodbye. That's more, I guess, a better example. But yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But there are some good practices out there where they're trying to like not trick you into buying something twice, which I think is cool. So. Good. We've come full circle on the DCV and all that. Yeah, we really somehow, have. Really we have. had a giant detour, made it back somehow. Yeah. Um, it's all connected, guys. Yeah. So, Hope, you... Uh, Stick with us as long as you want. We're going to yeah, jump into at this point. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, festival. I was out of my depth before. Get ready, folks. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to jump into this week, and that is going to be the Festival of the Lost. So this is the Halloween event in Destiny. Previously, we were dealing with stuff like, oh, I don't know, the Haunted Forest and things of that nature, which were taking place on Mercury, which is now gone, which goes back to what we were talking about. So back in... No, I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> But this year, Festival of the Lost launched Ava Levante's back with all of her Eververse transactions, and Tess is ranking in the dough for so many different things. We have a spider sparrow that actually crawls when you're standing still, which some people have seen, which kind of freaks them out. Um, But before we go too far into this, Nurad brought something to my attention, and I wanted to point this out. Hold on. Bungie, so... The big thing I saw the tweet. Yeah, I saw, the tweet. No. I saw this and I about lost my mind. Um, so the main purpose of what you're doing in Festival Lost this time is you're trying to build up this lore book of kind of all these people of the lost. And what you're doing is you're going into normal activities and you're getting spectral pages, which are like these green looking ones. And then you're going to go into the haunted sectors playlist, which I think there's like three lost sectors in there. You'll go through, you'll shoot the guys with the glowing purple heads, kind of headless horseman night things. And then you'll like get the pages that are spectral to manifest. And then you go back into the tower and put them into the book. This is the big grind outside of trying to get the weapon of this event. Most people are working on that. The spectral pages, of course, like anything, people are going to try and be efficient. That's what always happens in these things. We're going to get back to the grindy section of destiny. People want to be efficient about it. Now I did a video on Tuesday Probably the best way to find it. Wednesday, I did an updated one because I when I post something on Twitter and I'm like, hey, this is pretty fast. I don't think I've ever been corrected faster 
that I was so wrong. They're like, oh, this is faster and this is faster and this could be another thing and this, but it's like, oh, I've done that faster too. So I was wrong. So I made a new video to correct that one. Mm-hmm. Bungie just threw both of those in the trash. Um, they said a change wow. has been deployed to limit spectral pages and candy rewards in Wrathborn hunts, which was one of the fastest to do solo, even faster of the group. Uh, Expunge missions, which I was doing in about three and a half minutes with a Titan and Lake of Shadows, which people were burning through they, that strike, which isn't going anywhere, is still one of the fastest people abuse. Mm-hmm. The Nightfall change will be reverted next Tuesday. So pretty much the most wow. efficient methods on all of these things. That people are trying to, and you need 194 spectral pages to finish the whole book, and then you have right. to convert the 194. But to get the 194, like expunge, you would get five. Mm. Yeah. So you still had to do a lot of them. That's, That's awful. Yeah, you still had to I do what it. 39 of them. If I'm doing bad math, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing public events. That's like the yeah public the events. You'll get two to doing. three strikes. Yeah. You'll wow. get four, three to four. And then I was like, oh, that's not bad. And people are like, oh, you got expunged. Wrathborn hunts, they're dropping five. I was like, okay. Wrathborn hunts were like five to six. Yeah, no. So this. Wow. So, I mean, sucks. we'll get to what's going on with festival in a second. But the fact that they just took the most efficient method, like, you know, it's seven o'clock on a Thursday night and said, nope. I wanted to kind of get my um, at least yeah. fellow fellow players and then hoag somebody like you as well when you when you hear about something like this that hey there's an efficient way to do it bungie just knocks that down what what goes through your head is this something you're just like i really don't care about this now what do you do in that situation i'm curious <laughs> I, I still have the season i bought so we'll see i i was going to ask the question that i didn't know the answer to which is how long is the event, the event. three That's weeks four okay. three yeah i thought it was three and four, and a half, three oh yeah four long. weeks i think three more after Does it this go past one. halloween yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. It goes past November into November. Yeah, uh, October second, twelfth through November second. So, so basically, basically, you have to play the game a lot. Yeah, as tweaked. We don't know how uh, how tweaked it will be. How 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 long in time do we think that is? That's generally how I judge my reasonability on these kinds of things. How long in time for like? Wait, how many mm. weeks? How long? To, I think he's asking how long does it take to finish the book. 20, and I think it's like. Oh. It'll probably take like maybe 10, 15 hours of grinding if you do okay. the current most efficient method. But I think the reason they nerfed these methods is because people were getting that number down quite a bit. They're getting it down to like seven or eight hours. And I think they want they want this to be stretched over like three or four weeks where you're playing every single uh, day for you know a couple hours. And eventually you finish it. But uh, it, it is a lot players, of grinding. I'll let the real players answer the question. But I guess my my my. My initial reaction as posed is I, I don't understand exactly once you've sold the season, once they're players, you're not an MMO, you don't need a monthly subscription fee. Why does Bungie do this? Why, why do they care for their hardest of hardcore to get it in a week? I, I'm not fully understanding. I think it has to do with uh, player um, activity they want to get that user engagement they really care about engagement and i think it also you know the more people are in the game the more they're buying the microtransactions festival of the lost and all the the uh the events that happen the live service events are like basically just uh pinatas for bungie to to do fundraisers for the next content they're doing and uh they got to get people on and then and then they they sell them a bunch of emotes and stuff better that they're i mean it works well for them yeah. Okay. The more yeah. time you're I, in I game, I think more, that's what it comes down. Yeah, to. it's probably the more time that you're in game or logging in, the multiple times that you log in, you might check the Eververse store, 
whatever it is pops up. You go in there to get an ingram. You see the store, probably a statistical number of times that you log in or do this thing, that you have an interaction with the store that leads you to buy something. You know, they'll work down all the funnels and figure out what that number is. But I'm sure that's... Yeah. It has to be, it's literally nothing but engagement at that point because you have people playing Wrathborn hunts, expunge missions, and nightfall strikes, which are some of it's old, but it's all this season. It's not like they're playing. And it's like they want to shove you back into strikes, crucible, and gambit, I'm sure. And New Rad's in there telling me he did two expunges and got zero. Wow. So they literally shut them off. They didn't lower them, they shut them off. Yeah. So now, what is the only resources to gain that? currency well, i mean you can do crucible matches strikes gambit uh public events are the main four i know of but they just eliminated the 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 currency from wow previous seasonal yeah, activities yeah um, you can go to yeah, astral yeah. lime and you can get like i think that one's probably astral, fine man. yeah that yeah, one's that's a long activity that yeah, activity it is short. it's kind of a grind you know grinding. but if you're doing it anyway i think the idea is you get pages as you're just normally playing destiny right. i think that's right. what they want it to be and they don't yeah. want people going out of their way to just do an activity they wouldn't normally do to farm the pages and then right. log off as soon as possible. They want to make right. it like a thing that lasts like the three or four weeks. Of, of the course, event. which, which is, we all, like, we all know what this is, the artificial engagement. And yep. the, you know, at the end of the day, it again, which compounds with the season of the loss being super extended because we know which queen got delayed. So yep. this is, we have to keep them here. Uh, I just don't like the, the complete removal, though, E. That's the part. Yeah, like, like you're trying okay. to play right now and check just to be sure. But yeah, just to be sure, right? Yeah, but even if it's lowered, still the big question: Why? I don't understand the reason behind taking something in your game that's there. It's not like it's broken. It's just right. efficient. And I guarantee they just you, want you to make a new video, E. That's all. I mean, they, they're literally going to go probably make one tonight and be like, giant updated. You they, they worried about messed you, up. you evil influencers. You got some red yeah. arrow. <laughs> yeah, you got to have an arrow that curves. Explosion behind you. And yeah. you're going. <laughs> no, it'd be Lord like zero. this yeah. more and more like shoot me in the head. Yeah, yeah. Right. Zero confirmed. He said expunges and give it again anymore. Expunges I can't it. speak to Damn. this event specifically, but I, I can say, you know, at least emotionally, psychologically for me, one of the things that happens is, yeah, I'll go spend on whatever currency and game I'm playing if I am getting a fair amount of utility from it, if I'm in a good mood, if I'm in a good space. You, the more friction you add, you can pass a point where I, I'm, I'm in full kind of screw you mode if I think it's gone past the place that I want to be. So I don't know what analytics they have for that kind of psychology. Presumably they got lines on boards everywhere saying, here's how... It, a few more people are going to stay longer. They're going to cover the people that aren't li as likely to buy things. But I, I get very, very frustrated when I think they're trying to go past my tolerance when I feel like if I'm putting in a, um, enough time, I, I should be able to fill out whatever your event is. And I think all games struggle with this to some extent. I was just talking about this with, um, what was it, Outriders, I think, where it's like, I'm not the guy that's going to go and min-max it and, and beat it in two days, which is what you're worried about. Yeah. But you have to make it fun for the guy that's not doing that. I still want to give you money, or I did before all of this. Avengers but, did something similar recently. Yeah, I, oh, I still, yeah, I, I still want to be a part of that process. And, and it's very difficult for them, and I, I understand it's a very difficult prospect of both dealing with the hardcore people that would laugh at my 200 hours or whatever I have, and hey... I'm my money's still good here if you can convince me to part with it. So I was like, for me, somebody 
somebody from Blizzard. I can never remember where the hell this quote is from. And I feel it was like when Bungie was trying to work with Blizzard to kind of understand some of the MMO or some of the loot grind. Oh, people are always going to leave your game. It's the yes. state in which they leave your game. And you mentioned the psychology of it. This for me is just like, I'm just like frustrated. I'm like, why do you have to take something out of it? And they said, literally, the expunge is no more. It sounds like most of the old content is not giving anything like you literally just somebody wants to go a random expunge mission. Ah, let me do this. I haven't done it in a while. Nope. I just got one from a Wrathborn hunt. Wrathborn one. Hunter, and it was dropping one. five. Wow. So it's just it's a weird artificial push in these directions that, as you say, like, I'm going to finish it at some point. How annoyed am I going to be when I finish it is the question. Is it like, hey, I could do it efficiently. Your average person does probably go play strikes. A lot of people don't even go to YouTube to watch like the fallout videos or these things and be like, these are the efficient ways. That's like maybe a third of the player base, not the average casual person that jumps on that has less hours than our guest even. And they're just like, hey, I play every so often. And, you know, I play for the hour a week that I get. That hour a week's going to do nothing now. So it's like, yeah. how are they expected to even try and debate on finishing this thing? Especially as you took away, they may be like, hey, I don't have a lot of time. But let me look this thing up. They go in. Now they've wasted time, looked up a video, gone to do the thing because it's going to be yep. the most popular video. And then they're like, Bro. well, it's not dropping for me. Am I doing something wrong? Then like, is Bro. the helmet on? Am I wearing the masquerade helmet? So it, like you just made it worse in so many different ways. Bro. And it's not necessary. This literally kills me. Like I pick the worst time to take two days off destiny like, i'm not done with it time. i still have half of my grind to go i'm like yeah because i saw what's funny i saw your video and i think cactus everybody had videos so i'm like all right i know what to do yeah once i'm ready plan is friday go hit this thing efficiently and i'm like oh i'm not gonna be doing any of that i'm gonna be stuck and that, now i'm not i'm gonna be honest now my desire to do it is like what is it? The uh, we got the uh, the pulse rifle. Is it the forest? Yeah, whatever? it's the uh, Jurassic Green. It's a Lincoln what's Green. The, what's, the what's the archetype? Five forty pulse. It actually does feel pretty good. It's, it's great. Uh, yeah. It's like darkness it before. It's a solar. Honestly, and like also I got it looks a, like a dinosaur. So. Yeah, it's got the little dinosaur. It's and like again, I've, I've got a lot of drops of it. Yeah, the gun actually has like kind of the dinosaur. There's also dinosaur skin. armor in the game now, Hogue. I'm a giant T Rex right now with the chicken's yes. head. The chicken's head is for Halloween. Yeah, but that's actually, a mask. I like that. You're not convincing me, but I do like it. You gotta get Hogue yeah. doing a good job. Sam, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, the I understand why you're, you're, oh, you're civil disobedience. Yeah, yeah, the dino <laughs> yeah, the dinosaur armor is live. I should say that. That is in the Eververse, so you can buy that. You can't earn it, which is something we all wish you could ever do, but you can't even earn. What if you could even earn like, hey, you finish the book, you get a discount on it. Could they even do something like that? Hey, I played. You can my... earn it through. You can buy it through Bright Dust. You can buy it through so Bright that Dust. Technically, but, is a currency oh, you can just earn. Spend money with Tess. Yeah. Oh, how original. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I'm see, not. But, um, she I was like, how come she ain't in the, the, the tiny? Content. I like that. Why she ain't in the content vault? Why we ain't figure out why? Oh, are you kidding me? She's standing on the we content vault, shoving stuff inside vault. it. Yeah. She's <laughs> the she's the banker of the I vault. Feel her, I feel her file size is too large. I feel that, you know, we really, we need, she is taking up an entire tab of the menu. Yeah, now, that's true. Dude, yeah. I think they should make that post about, they was thinking about the player right there. We need to put her in the vault and let the game continue with the other five monetization models they got going on in this game. If they, if they do put her in the vault, it'll be the vault of glass and she's the final boss. No one can be beaten. Okay. Nobody can beat that raid. Yeah. Or Tessa. She's been accruing oh, yeah. all that that's silver like, and bright dust all those years, powering her up. 
more menacing than Oryx. <laughs> he is the boss at the uh, end of Lightfall. She strips your light away because you cannot overcome her her darkness. Oh, Fen Church replaces the Templar. Yes. <laughs> in this version of uh, Baltimore. All right. Well, I what should else? probably yeah, yeah. officially cover Festival of Lost in more of a general yeah. aspect, not yeah. trying to rag on it quite so hard here. But, yeah. you know, I had to mention that because that literally, literally just came up in the middle of this. And I was just like, are you really? Okay. So Dino Armor's live. The Titan has a T Rex. You've got the Hunter, which looks kind of like a Raptor. I've seen a lot of memes out there. They're hilarious. Warlocks. Triceratops, I'm sorry. I think you lost this one. You've won some other cosmetics. Cool. We've been I like the dinosaur of Triceratops. So I always have. But I don't think the armor came. No offense to the designer. I think you did as good as you can with the animal. But it's like it'd be trying to do a Brachiosaurus on a war, like a long neck. Some things just don't transfer in the helm. You kind of looks cool with the three horns, but doesn't compare to the teeth on the other ones. It just doesn't hold up. Oh, of like course. Like broke Dinobots. But anyway, continue. <laughs> Ava Levante's here. You're going to do your little quest and we've got haunted lost sectors. Now it's not like the legend exotic grind or anything like that. You have a playlist node in the tower and you're going to jump into the haunted sector playlist. You have three of them to go through or three options. You can at least jump into lost sectors are match made. So it's really weird since I've been doing so many of those solo. Um, but you jump in and you start standing on these little zones and then they spawn a giant, um, purple glowing pumpkin headed knight guy with like a, you know, kind of the knight crossbow and you got to take those guys out. They have a little candy explosion when you kill them and you have about four minutes to kill as many as you can would be what I would normally say, but you have four minutes to kill 10 because if you kill 10 in the four minutes, you sit there and wait for the timer to finish. That's you, crazy. You I did that last night and 10. I was like, is it broken? Is nope. it like, what's happening? I'm just I, sitting here. It was like a full minute. I had really to wait, yeah, I've had to wait like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and you're just no enemy spawn. No zones appear. No more like guys to kill until you get to the boss phase. But if you finish it too fast, you stay still and just chill. Oh, right. There was like me and two other guys just sitting there emoting, just kind of chilling. After that, then a boss will spawn. You'll kind of do the same thing. It's got a couple damage phases. Each time you need a damage phase, you kill one of the pumpkin headed guys. He drops little green pumpkins. You throw them to break the shield and then you um, kill the boss in about three phases. Everybody's either using fusion rifles or swords just to nuke them. So they all go pretty quick. Uh, but the decorations of the Lost Sectors are pretty cool. So if you play at least enough of them, you'll probably see what they did. And the other piece is, as I said, the Jurassic Green. Uh, it's basically a skin of the Lincoln Green Pulse Rifle from like basically the start of D1 yeah, or D2. D2, D2 sorry. Uh, it's a 540. feels pretty good. It's a fast rate of fire solar. It's got some good, decent perks on it, like range fire, multi-kill clips, one option. Uh, I think I got like a frenzy, something else. Ooh. I've got a couple Ooh. decent rolls on it for sure. Okay. And then, of course, solar, you're covered right? in... Yes, it's solar. Oh, it's Thanks. actually a pretty good spot. Um, but basically, you're covered in, of course, cosmetics everywhere. You've got a couple things you can earn by finishing all these pages. So you do any activity in the game to get the spectral pages. Then you take them into the haunted sectors. You get your manifested pages, and you shove those pages into the book, and you need 194 total. So it's a bit of a grind to do it all. But the more pages you put into the book, more... Um, 
the more chances, basically more drops you're going to see. I'll finish one of those haunted sectors and have killed like 10, 11 or 12 of those headless guys. And I'll see like three of those things drop. And I don't even have that many pages in there. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a lot of rolls on this pulse rifle. So if you put some time in, you'll get a chance at a decent pulse rifle and 540 pulses do feel pretty good right now. So it's not nothing. And especially for Titans, the solar weapon pairs well with an exotic we've got right now. So you've got some some benefits to the weapon this time around. It's not for just like, it's a fine weapon. It's got a little more to it. Question. Um, what's this thing about the ascendant lens? I saw. I was about to bring that up. Yeah. Yep. They, I, they gave a use. You give it to, uh, you give it to the queen and she rewards you with a bunch of loot. Yeah. She'll give you, you like 23, 23 pages. pages. And the loot be that, that, uh, pulse rifle. You get three of three them. pulse rifles. So yeah, you get three. Ro- you get three rolls. Yeah, hopefully you get something good. If you if you don't care about the pages, but the pages give you lore, and apparently there's an in-game expl- explanation for why the headless ones with pumpkin heads exist. So I'm interested in doing that. Yeah, that's why, I like, Hulk said, we got the BYF video for. Was, BYF, oh God. gotta go to. Um, <laughs> I just go to the BYF video. The BYF. TGIF. Uh, that's YouTube what video. I do. That's right. <laughs> that's still funny to me. Sorry. Hello, that was classic. Amazing. So, that was going to say that's most of the event. I know. Yeah, I was going to say, Travis, I know you've played it. Cog has been thinking about it. Um, You guys got to educate me. Oh, then I'll I'll just tell you what I think. think? I'm very, very glad that they finally got rid of the uh, Infinite Forest event. That that thing sucked. uh, And I'm really glad that it's gone. And I like that they added a in in lore explanation for the uh, head the headless ones and uh, used the ascendant lens. I think that's all really cool. Everything else I hate. I hate this event so much. Uh, it's just lots of grinding. They just want you to play the game and get pages, and then you convert those pages by doing the same activity over and over again. Um, and I, I mean, I'm I'm glad that they're trying new stuff. I can't be super hard on it because the last couple years has been like really really awful with this event i'm just glad that they're trying new stuff but just in general like these these live events they just they never have enough content and what they do add they just make you play again and again and again ad nauseum to hit some like artificial uh bar and and like hoag said like the whole bar filling it's just not for me it's like the one thing in destiny that i'll always just i I reject it they say fill this bar and i go no and teddy you know the teddies of the the teddies of the world they insist on hitting every bar at max and i'm just like i kind of pick my battles uh but um but with this one i think i think i might i don't know if i have time in between reviews to bar fill on this one but i just these live events never really never really capture me they just they they're so grindy i can't really get on board with them so that's where i stand gotcha e uh i mean for me yeah it's fine I mean, that's like literally. It's not a glowing, <laughs> a glowing recommendation. <laughs> I was right on the yeah, box. Motivating hey. me to even try it. Now I'm like, it's just fine. really do this, this, this uh, lens <laughs> thing. Uh, mm. I'm just still disheartened about the whole swap. So now, like, my thoughts on it are even more different than they were yeah, literally like two hours ago from when this thing came out at seven o'clock. Um, Give it a trick or a treat. Which one is it? Give me a. If you um, had to rate this, it, trick or treat. Right now, as of right now, trick. Trick. trick yeah. yeah. I mean, because they literally about. just tricked us of what we're going to be grinding for. No, it's like the dino armor is kind of cool. Um, that's <laughs> I'm sure we'll see the, 
I'm sure we'll yeah. see the monster armor later because some people were hoping for like Creature of the Black Lagoon or Dracula or something. Yeah. Had some other. I mean, of course, I always love the skins. Cyclops. Cyclops looked terrible. That's why I didn't vote for it for the Titan. Yeah, I was like, I wasn't loving that one. Um, I don't know. I was like, I wasn't sure how they were going to do the sectors. There's only three of them, so it's limited. I like the decorations that they put in there. I just wish they were more. I guess I wish they were all over the place. Like a bit more. Yeah. It's like the tower does look cool, but it's always just the middle tower. You got three lost sectors and you're out. But it's like some people, someone said like the lost sectors, they're so bright. They don't even feel because the lights are on and everything. It's not like they're dark, like the haunted forest kind of had that creepy tone. It's like, yeah, it's like watching a scary movie with the lights on, you know, full. <laughs> and you're over here like, oh, no, the guy has jumped out at me. Ah, it's like you. it's not quite the same feeling. The guys look cool, like the animation on the pumpkin heads are cool. The candy exploding, but. I mean, you're literally buying masks that you can do for goofy pictures. You've got dino armor and you've got lost sectors. And when I counted up, I was like 194 of these. Like, this is just like add the hours to the activities you got to do, which just got longer. And then you got to go and turn run this thing, because I think the max you can do is like 11 or 12 pages that you get out. So you're going to have to do 15 of the haunted sector runs if you want to complete the book. And I see some people finish already. I'm like, y'all are crazy. Um, but it's like it's it's fine. The gun isn't bad. I'm actually pleased that the gun as decent rolls feels good in the meta right now. So I'm kind of happy the Ooh. gun has got something to it because we've had Ooh. like, oh, here's an auto rifle. When auto rifles don't feel good, that's right. not a great moment. This one for a pulse, like I'm actually pleased. It feels pretty good. Kind of unique little look to it. I'm OK with the weapon. It's definitely not the worst weapon we've had. Uh, and some of the cosmetics like the spider sparrow. When you sit there and kind of chill, the legs actually kind of creepily walk and then when mm -hmm. you run the legs like tuck and then when you go oh, back to okay. slow speed like it sits there and That's walks hilarious. and i saw some people just like nope 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 like burn the house down for a spider because yeah, it is a big yeah. creepy looking spider uh, i love and, that thing and then also the ghosts that is like kind of like a cracked like the glow stick look you'll see kind of yeah. that glowing color there's a shader you can put on that thing that is literally like blinding it's just like it just glows green so somebody messed with the shader i forget what that is so there's some Kind of fun stuff to it, but overall, I'd say there's not. I think New Rad said it pretty well. It's like the haunted forest, the race against the clock, the fact that you weren't limited, and the fact that you hit ten and you're limited, like you're capped and yeah. you hit. That is a weird. That's crazy. That I is, can't believe that. Yeah, see that. Just, it doesn't even end the activity early. That's mm -hmm. what I would have done if you don't want them to be able to grind it. At least end the activity. Yeah, Why just, do I have to stand there? Yeah, if oh you hit God. ten, then spawn the boss. Not sit there for 30 seconds and wait for the timer. It's like you, that's you telling me you specifically don't want me to do this any faster than this. So it's like, there's those standout moments from the run of like all the grind for the pages. And it is just that like, there's some fun lore that you might get out of it, but it's pretty hard grind. And then like some of these egregious things between changing the drops, the third, the, you know, the timer that you're going to hit where you can go fast or not. It's I don't know these and the live events are, you know, hit or miss sometimes. Man, Festival of the Lost is where can't win. And once again, today yeah. proved it can't seem it was Festival of the Cost before. And now you've just like nerfed yeah. the drop rate. So. Festival of the Cost. <laughs> yeah, I was never a festival guy. Out Sandy says, don't forget 190 something pages yet. You can only hold 75. They're back. Yeah, to you're yeah. capped at 75. Yeah, you're capped in pages. Why can't too. you cap it at 200 so then you grind all your pages? No, you have to get some pages, then go into the haunted sector. Oh, get some pages, get in the. You gotta, hey, gotta get some rotation. I love the caps, the currency they caps. It's a technical limitation, Cog. Oh, bull. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll you know what? myself. I think all convincing me of the good faith of the vault at this point, I have to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Aren't we selling you well, ho? Doesn't all this sound glorious to if come you caught, If you caught us on our lore, lore discussion, like, week when we were, like, deep into what's going to happen with Savathun and Crow and Witch Queen yeah. and all this stuff, and you're catching us on a low <laughs> note. Now, I'm like, oh, man, we are not selling this thing. Yeah. It's so bad. What are we telling this man right now? No, no. Travis said he hated the 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 haunted forest. I can certainly see that after a number of years. I can remember the first year it was in and really liking it. Like I, I thought it. Oh was yeah, cool. it was great yeah, the first year. year. Yeah, it was great the first year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then they did it three more years, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't think I did, but I remember yeah. that first year I was playing with Tom, and uh, we're having a good time. Yeah, absolutely. It was good that first year. Uh, I just, I just, I hate that they retread. It's like every year you know exactly what's going to happen. So at least this year I didn't know it was going to happen. It's like, all right, cool. They cooked up something new. That's awesome. But yeah, it, uh, it's really not. It's not good. And yeah, the 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 caps, the currency caps. They love their caps, cog. But again, no cap on the silver. Yeah. Yeah, Never had a problem there. There's no silver. You can have an infinite supply of silver. We have all the data fragments for that one. <laughs> yeah. No technical uh, limitation there. Quick yeah. question Ugh. just to start a small fight out sanity. Want to ask Hogue, oh, yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on sunsetting exotics in this game? Nah. Uh, is this directed at me? Yes. We've had this discussion. This one's for you. Yeah, so, I mean, work me through the the history here, because I, I like I said, I'm not really trafficking in exotics too often. They were sunsetting them and then I thought they weren't. So there was going to be There's... sunsetting for legendaries uh, All that, weapons. Uh, yeah. and basically every thing from season eight, which was pretty much forsaken. Uh, all of that stuff got basically sunset, so it would not be able to be infused up to the level where you're at. Okay. That was from okay. season eight forward. That was in Beyond Light. During the season of Beyond Light, those first three months, they turned that off. So anything else that hadn't been sunset, they basically backtracked because it was going to be like season eight and then season nine was going to get sunset. Then season 10 was going to get sunset. Rolling forward. Yeah. OK. When Beyond Light came out, there was so much blowback and they apparently hadn't planned for this thing, which was kind of our speculation. Either way, they went back on that. So anything that was still active when Beyond Light launched now is active forever and will be going into the foreseeable future. So the question is, now legendary staying around are one thing, but if the situation where sunsetting had stayed around, they were never going to do it to exotics. But okay. what are your thoughts? Would you, what would be your thoughts if they did it to exotics? Well, I, to me, it's, it's a problem. It's not directly a problem with money, right? But it's time. Like th- these things take your time. And the original pitch that I understood for Destiny was we wanted you to have these cool stuff so you could know the story of where you were and remember what you were doing and who you were with and how you felt and whatever. Um, so I do think if you start touching that, the core kind of defining principle of how your model is built for playing the game, then again, it's kind of like vaulting Forsaken, which is I, how do I trust you the next time? How do I get involved in that situation the next time? Um, so I look at it as probably a good idea that they didn't. Sunsetting is already kind of a, a problem just because I, I actually, I think this is what must have happened. I told you I was playing Forsaken two weeks ago and I'm not as well versed in all of this stuff. And I, I really like that random bow they give you right at the front end of Forsaken and they, it was capped. And I was like, why is this capped? And I think that must be a sunsetted bow. Um, yeah. so it's, ah. I want to love it more than I do. I mean, this is the problem I have with Destiny. It, it keeps saying, 
Oh no, we got dinosaur armor, Rick. Come on, come on, dinosaurs. But also, we're gonna cap everything. The, have you seen our transmog system? It seems like a parody of modern game development. <laughs> All these little things continue to press down. And on the at the end of the day, it's like, I have to decide what I'm gonna spend a relatively limited amount of gaming time on. And yep. I'd rather not feel frustrated in most capacities while I'm playing it, even as much as I like shooting Fallen in the face. So, just real quickly, Hulk, um, are you implying that you know, there's oh, no, he flat connection. said it. <laughs> he flat said it. You don't have to do that. You're in Cog's oh. camp. You're in good company. You're still allowed back on Last Stand <laughs> Media. You're good. You're good. I love that man. I love that man. Oh, Lord. Virtually got subscribe. Put his channel in the link right now, y'all. Come on. Do this, man. We're not doing the Lord's it's work. It's always right funny now. when I stumble into somebody's position. This happens occasionally. Yeah. Yes. No. So, yes, yes. I mean, that, that, that's, that's how I feel. That's yeah. what you sold. I mean, that's the fundamentals of what you sold. And I do understand the flip, which is like, we want it to always be growing and evolving and doing other things. But yeah, it's I, tough to when, me, the, when the winner, when the winners are decided, it means that power creep is inevitable. They have right. to keep making stronger and stronger weapons. And eventually the game just breaks on itself. So they have to, now I, I would say not necessarily sunset weapons, but they have to at least nerf them. They have to nerf weapons so that new ones can shine and the game can kind of change. And otherwise, you know, you either don't have anything to hunt because you already have the best weapons. You don't need anything in the future. And it kind of takes the looting part out of the game or you're forced into a power creep situation, which breaks it. So, and so live, service games <laughs> live service games introduce new problems. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the reality of the situation. These, these are, these are unprecedented back, problems. Yeah. We're back to the transparency concept, right? Which is that I think fundamentally Bungie, wasn't positive what it was making or if it was wasn't communicating with its pr side of the company when it started pitching this thing and so yep. i remember you're going to tell stories about that time you got the chest armor with the fire in the belly and if that goes away i mean something was lost for what you told me you were selling me and i agree with you travis i agree with kind of the it gets weird what are you doing in this game what are you spending your time on if you're maxed out on everything yep. but I, it's again, it's, it sounds like an intractable problem. I'm not getting paid to develop video games. Yeah, so it's I hope on you them. can figure this out. You know, I mean, it, it's, I want to love you. Yeah, they, they, fi they figured it out. Their, their, their solution was sunset. They figured it out by and now their Rick. solution it's is fine. not sunset. Well, you know a lot of people have figured out their problems by Ditch and Rick. It's okay. Oh, by <laughs> the way, Rick, um, Emma wanted to let you know, by the way, when yeah. you mentioned shooting fallen in the face, by the mm -hmm. way, we have allies that are falling now. We have a whole house yeah. that's hanging out um, in the tower. In, okay, well, next to the tower. It's not cool. It's not the it's not the bad fallen. It's the good fallen. No, no, I don't want to shoot the good fallen. I want okay. to shoot the bad fallen. They're still running around like the Cosmodrome, right? <laughs> oh yeah, those are still there. Those are of a different <laughs> house. But I was just filling you in bits and pieces of the story. There's, there's I mean, also fallen houses. There's also a baby fallen. They're trying to really humanize these guys, you know? Smallin? Uh, Smallin? Yeah. Smallin. Right. Well, my yeah. favorite race is the Hive anyway. Are they still good to shoot in the face? Yes. They're yeah. very good okay. to shoot in the All face. Right. Very, right. very easy. Right now, so, we okay, have a, we have a crystal uh, Hive right. God. Crystal. Yeah, we have a, the yeah. Well, she potentially will turn into one, yeah. And I don't know if she's going to be a good better. We don't know what's up with her yet, so. Hey, speaking of narrative, if I could take one sojourn, does it bother you or strike you as weird or or flummox you in any way that the, <laughs> the, pitch, the pitch for witch queen comes out with a Sabathun plot where 
as best I could tell from the beginning that I watched played when my brother did it, is like, oh, we hope Savathun doesn't go bad. We've got a plan. And it's like, I don't mean to break this to you people in the plot, but I'm pretty sure it's not going to go right. Right, right. Yeah. Which I mean, is it's a, like in the Endgame trailer at the front yes. of Infinity War, isn't it? Which is, which is, we, we, we had, yeah. we had some, some trepidation here where people were like, oh, we already know how this is going to end. So this is going to be bad. But I actually think Bungie is playing their hand really well because they're using the fact that you know how it ends to just build up that tension. You know, it's like you're, it's like watching the movie The Titanic. Like, you know how it ends already before you've yeah. seen it, but it's all about kind of building. So they're doing a really good job. But I'm glad uh, to, to hear your it. Point, yeah, no, that's a good, you can do that with like historical events and that kind of thing. So it, it makes yeah. sense if that's what they pulled off. That's good. Yeah. They have pulled it off. We have to get, Travis is right. No. They they definitely have a good job. It, it's funny you mentioned that because that was literally one of, that's one of E's, like now you're like getting into E's sensibilities of things that kind of would bother him. He hates him. the trailer spoilers. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. like that. Like he wants to be utterly, you know, surprised when it goes in. And I know that marketing balance where it's like they want to sell you the new thing and they got to get you. thing on the solar system, right? Like, I mean, I've, I've been in there. You can only do so much. Yeah. But yeah, no, I was curious. I like what I like what you said about. Yeah. OK, so they're, they're using it as tr- tension because you know how it ends because uh, yeah. yep. you know, Sabathun is coming and, and whatnot. Yeah, it just feels like the walls are closing in on you. Whereas if yep. we didn't know how it ended, we might just be like, all right, we're helping Savathun because all the other seasons have been about helping our uh, enemies as well and building alliances with them. And we know this one's not going to work out. And so every week they're just sort of like, you never know. This might be the yep. week where things don't go well for you. And it, it's been really cool. So, all right. No, I like that. Them. I like yeah. that. I do. Yeah, they had a good day. This good, uh, bothers me. It sounds like they are getting good at story. Exactly, yeah, right? It's yeah. just not. It's just you have to invest so much time to get it. It's like it's like you gotta you gotta pay like fifty bucks for like one bite of the burger. Yeah, you know what, what, what they're like, doing is literally the Disney Plus the Netflix model. Tune in next week. Do yeah, this yeah. little this bit of content. Then you Let me get ask a question on that. I, yeah. I know it's live services, and and it's and changes happening on a week to week basis. Does that mean if you um if you come in? I know the six months screws things up, but let's just say you came in 75% through. Do you get to experience you can catch the, up. the you evolution catch up. to yes, there? You can okay. catch up. Yes. Yep. Yes. And I think you can do it all in one week, right? You do it all in one week. Yeah. So yeah, if you jumped into seasonal whatever. Yeah, if you jumped into seasonal lost right now, you can literally play all nine episodes of the TV show. Like that's right. basically the best that's way to That's good. That is good. Yeah. Yeah. That literally Attic does that now. He just waits because he 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 is he he gets impatient. With the story, and he like he comes in at the end of the season, and then finishes all that, and he gets all this the narrative beats that he wants, yep. and then he's out. He's out. No, yeah, literally, it like, I it, it was just week one, I think, and I was watching my brother, and it was uh, Mara and and a crystal, yes. and yes. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't have any idea what's happening. All we'll say is just if you choose not to come back, because it seems like you may be out. Um, the, the way they handled. Yeah, I figured so. So I'm just going to take one thing. You know, the way they handled the Osiris character and the deception was really well played. And they took a character, even though I like Osiris, he's not really a beloved character that well, and and made it into this evil brooding. What is he doing? Like, what what is going on? Why is he acting this way? And then we had the great reveal. We've been fooled. Yeah, I saw the aftermath of that. I think that was like that was the big reveal for him. And I was like, what? Okay. The trials guy? What did I miss? It was well done. It was well done. (laughs) Indeed. The trials guy. Yeah, the trials guy. guy. Or as as haters call him, the Curse of Osiris guy. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. They want to reference his his less loved uh, content. Well, for a couple other true. things that we do have coming with regards to 
I guess, the rest of the game outside of Festival Lost. Uh, this week, we actually did get a higher difficulty for Shattered Realm, which we've been talking about, a really fun kind of Metroidvania zone that we've all been loving and having fun with. And then next week, the six-player activity, the Astral Alignment, is going to get a higher difficulty. It They don't say it won't be match-made, but loadouts will be locked and things of that nature. So I'll be kind of curious how that's like will be interesting with like loadouts and champions oh, yeah, yeah. and as it will potentially be match made still, it's only 1320. So you've been playing enough. You're probably there. Um, yeah, but those two are going to be there, <laughs> but I will bad. say I did. You may not be, and that's totally fine too. Um, I'm just joking. but like I did shattered realm on legend. Mm-hmm. No, I do like what? lost sectors, solo lost sectors on legend. Not that big of a deal. Like kind of got a pretty good sequence now. No shattered realm on legend will mess you up. Wow, for you really? to say that, that's that's difficult. Like, well, it will, yeah, it's uh, it's floating somewhere between well, legend and by yourself, though, right? Yeah, because... you always a solo. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but there's a triumph to do one of them by yourself. You can pick which one. I'll see which one's easiest. But there's a triumph to do one by yourself. So I did this one. There were plenty of deaths, and I've gone through. I mean, Shattered Realm's not like a difficult activity normally. I mean, the mystery, the investigation, the running around, understanding all the secrets is cool. But the combat generally isn't. I would like that too because it. Yeah, it's it's very. Metrovania. Travis, you do a good job of describing Yeah, it's Metrovania. It's basically like they give you these three little hub worlds and every week one of them becomes traversable. But the first time you go through it, certain areas are closed off because you haven't unlocked your powers yet. And then as you go through the episodes, you you gain new powers every week and then you revisit the old areas, except for they feel new because you have access to new areas and new puzzles that can trigger. You can trigger like rituals that are yep. kind of like these old side stories with their own dialogue. It's really cool what they've been doing this really week. Well uh, done. Only, prob- only problem is you have to sift through all the grindy normal Destiny stuff that you always have to do when you're playing Destiny to get to it. And that, that's like my biggest problem with Destiny right now. It's like some of my kind of favorite a, stuff in the history, and I'm going to get this name wrong, so I apologize, was um, in Destiny 1 when they introduced the the ship in the asteroid belt. The Leviathan? Uh, what was no, it? No, sorry, no, Destiny not the Leviathan. Uh, what you talking about? Oh, you mean the, what, the Destiny? Dreadnought? The, the dreadnought. I think dreadnought sounds right. Yes. Yep. The yeah. dreadnought. Where, That's right. Where there yep. were so many like little uh, yes, rituals and, and riddles yes. and yes. super yes. doors. Like that. It was is very fun. much like that. It's very, very much, much like, like that, except for except for these ones actually have dialogue behind them and yeah, yeah. lore and named characters. It's really cool what I they're would doing. Like but that. Yeah, I would yeah. like that. Dinosaurs. I don't. <laughs> there's a good. There's a good game hidden in here. Yeah. Hogue is what I'm trying you to can, tell you. Like, there, like know it. there's a good I mean, game in here somewhere. I, I've enjoyed yeah. a lot of time playing Bungie, uh, <laughs> playing Destiny. Yeah, it's like so. The the question is like one. There's a triumph to do it solo. There's a chance to do it with groups. Even some people in my comments of the video were like, "I did this with like two people and we struggled on Beacon too." Which you'll know when you get there. It's all the art guys. Um, I even put a message out and I finally got an answer here, and it says the chests are dropping high stat gear, so it's worth your while. And I'm going, no, it's okay. not. <laughs> yeah, not for you, but... no. like, it's not that worth it. When you say high stat gear, I have bought enough tier three umbral ingram pieces of armor that have dropped in the 50s that I'm oh, really. No. Anno- oh, so many. Yeah. I've had such That's bad luck on those. Design. Yes, me too. Yeah. I've had like 57. Is dropping a 50? Yeah, mid, well, not 5-0, but I've had like I've had 56, 57, 58, 59. Yeah, sub 60 shouldn't be there. That's bad. There's yeah. enough RNG to the stats. Again, I still have a whole 
I can do a whole podcast on armor, but that's a problem. In I just don't get, I don't know why I get why they're putting legendary content in the game. I think it's great. We have more options, but they've really, really screwed up on the incentives. Like yeah. I have no reason to do the legendary uh, shattered throne or shattered realm. And yeah. this, this new thing with the uh, astral alignment, they said that's going to be live next week. They're adding a third chest. I don't even want the two chests you gave me. Like, don't <laughs> add a third one. Like, I, I, I shard that stuff immediately. You know like, you know is? what I mean? It's I think crazy. It's catch it sounds like a catch-up mechanic for the because most people don't have the what is it the the scepter? What the is catalyst? It? Yeah, the, the catalyst, catalyst will drop. Will drop uh, higher. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't have it. I will. Yeah. Do, so so. That, it, I think it's for those guys. For people who didn't do it initially. Now they can. It's uh, it feels catch up mechanic. Yeah, but, but they I don't even say catch-up. it's guaranteed. If you do a random match made thing, and if you all wipe, you'll actually go to orbit. But you can still yeah. get it on normal. Think of yeah. it like what? What's the what they call it? The protection RNG. What what is it when they're in the raid? What they yeah. call it? Oh, uh, yeah, you know, RNG drop protection, protection or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah it's like a great protection. Typical Bungie trying yeah. to increase your slot machine slightly with each failed From attempt. the guy who wants raid exotics yeah. to still be random. <clears throat> hey, 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 that's your business. You need to get in the damn raid. I'm just joking. You're like stumbling know. into a family fight, you know? Yeah, I don't we, even, I we know each other too well. No, okay. Mom so, and dad fight quite a lot here on the podcast. Yeah, yeah they, I'm, we do. I'm their humble child just asking them if they can't just get along. Age-wise, that matches up, but... No, the one thing I would say about the exotics and raids, the problem with that is yeah, I don't raid. Young. You are younger than us. That's normal. Yeah, um, I know. I'm joking. Silence shout. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> Go and time out. Time out. Dude. <laughs> Turn your chair around. <laughs> it's a destiny joke. Do you? Oh, he uh, bumped his mic. <laughs> <laughs> We lose. No, the only thing that water gets in a computer, by the way. Yeah, no, no. I'm not here. I have a safety zone. No skills is number one rule. No, I was going to say, like, the randomness on exotics, and this happened to me on Gallahorn, and it's the same reason it's hard for me to, like, try to do the raids so much. Is I see some people go 50 times and not get Vex. Mm hmm. Antidotal. How's that? No, how's that? not anecdotal like that's i see that multiple places there are people who have like 10 20 30 40 50 and you can have anything in the spectrum if i'm the unlucky I one mean, and like if it I'm, is anecdotal but it's also it shouldn't happen yeah it shouldn't like, happen so the fact true, that the, like yeah. the fact that there is no limit to, if i knew it was like hey if i do a raid once a week hey maybe i feel like running two on characters i know i'll eventually get there theoretically if i'm doing like a raid once a week and if i go 50 times that could be a whole year Damn, of me sir. raiding for nothing I'm gonna pull an ILP. Where's the fraud alert on Eve right now? Let what? me get the fraud. I'm not saying no. ILP I will no. I will fully admit I don't raid okay. that often. I'm full, exactly. No, 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 no. But that's okay. why I don't. That's the key. That's okay, what but, I'm saying. Hey, all right. Let me let me still get you though, because this is where you you're still out of, you're still out of pocket here. Oh, um, Dad. Yeah, no, no. no. Let, let, let us have this one. Um, here's the thing. This is the same man that will do legendary solar solo lost sectors, which we know because I don't, don't have to depend on anybody else's time or anything oh. else. Oh, that's what it so it's the content you like solo and then it's okay no Got but okay it. so the difference is, is if i go through that activity there should be better incentives at the end of say legend solo shattered realm that's fine but if i go through that activity if i'm like okay let me find a group whether it's like people that i know from chat whatever i put them together do it and i don't get it okay don't get it that week and i do it again 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 and i i'm gonna start counting raids and i see people have 50 tries i'm like I know Vex is nice, but even if I start trying now, if I'm like, okay, I want to start raiding three times a week, 
everybody it, had 50 attempts on it. Everybody, come on. Not everybody. Some people got it in two. Some people got it in 50. The yeah. fact that that big of a range is there is is you my issue. We've been that we've been praying to the Church of RNG Jesus from Destiny's inception. Yes, like, but I'm not that's saying how that's how that should go. I feel there should be protection. Percentage for there should, is that is that not how it works? Do what? The, the, the percentage apparently the percentage apparently goes up, but there's never a yeah. Some people a think fin- that's a bugged, final though. one. And like last season, I did the raid the maximum amount of times for the whole season, and I never got it. I got it in the current season after it was, and I think I had done like eighty raids. And it's just like the the reward versus like time investment is worth it. Should be like uh, you've done ten raids and you haven't gotten it yet. You get it 100%. Yeah, that's that's what I've seen in other contexts is you hit this number, it's yours. Destiny does not do that. And I I empathize with what what he is saying because I have been on the uh, receiving end of RNG being bad. And and it does not feel fun. It it feels like the game is broken. I was like, there's enough other stuff for me to do. That's the other thing is like, where's my time best spent, I guess. And it's like, is it going after one weapon, trying to put a raid together, potentially do it on multiple characters three times a week to not get it for, you know, if I'm going to run raids, some can be fast for like two or three hours, but that's every single week. Or is it doing other stuff? And that's like, it's getting to a point where at a, at a, at an extreme level, when I see somebody hit 50, like that feels wrong. I'm not saying... Me, I don't raid that much. I, I'm fully, I'm full disclosure. I'm saying that I get that. You can't throw me under the bus to say that you can't agree. Like, if you say 50 is right, then we will no, just forever said. disagree. That's all I'm going to say. Is this you picking? So, what, what do you think, Hawk? You, th- you think there should be no protection? People should just no, forever be like course, up to no. the. Come on now. You okay, know, where should the protection where's be? The, where's the, where's your where's like cutoff number? Yeah, like, what's, what's the, your yeah. max? I'm curious. I don't know, like 20 to 25, I guess. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean, but if, I think if that's I knew, a start, but I but also if I, think if uh, I knew it was you know, 20 you know to 25, always, at least I know I could get there. He, he, like the the way he's bloviating with this is hilarious. But for, to me, when I, I, yeah, fix your face. So here's the thing. When I start the season, right? And they say, hey, new exotics, y'all. You know, season, got to get in those lost sectors, man. And it'll it'll usually be some really high-end warlock exotic that Cog wants with a passion. He doesn't see the blood, sweat, and tears. I, hold I don't think that's right easy. either. No, I don't think I'm that's right solo, either. I'm not a solo player, right? They want you to have a specific loadout, a specific burn. You can't do the lost sector with anybody else. And then, you know what's the most disrespectful thing, Hulk? You go through this lost sector solo, underleveled. Everything is lashing you. Everything hurts when you, and then you got to fight that they got champions and all this stuff in there, right? And then you get to that chest. You done did everything. You get you an enhancement core. And you open it up, and it's two blues and an enhancement core. So I don't want to hear. No, but I don't think that's right either. I don't think that's right either. Raid, you are guaranteed drops from the raid each step of each encounter okay well each step of each encounter is about as long as a lost sector either way like fair 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 i give you after this hook but the only thing i'm saying is i struggle the same way he doesn't like playing in that six player raid zone i struggle in his zone which is a solo i just want to get in there and get to have to do this thing and it it gets worse i'm not finished (laughs) no but i'm saying i don't like yours either but it gets worse i gotta tell hog the facts (laughs) hog's been gone right 
Here's the worst part. Oh, they they're like, like, you can only do this particular, if you want the arms, you can only do it on Thursday after 5 p.m. only on this day. And then you got to hope that the, 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 the weapon or the, I mean, the, or the armor comes up on, on the day. And, it, and it's the light level that you can do. So not only do they randomize the light level, sometimes it's like, oh, 1350, you, you, you have to do it. It's oh, not random. It's legend I mean, one day, the yeah, next day it's enough. master. Yeah, that you know how awful that is when you're already underleveled and you got to go in there with the hope it's at a low light level to even attempt it on one day. You only get one day to do this. Then after that one, you can stay there all day wasting time and you still don't get this thing. That is frustrating, bro. Yeah, so we we agree. (laughs) So, you know, I I like this conversation. This is interesting. you know, one of the things I advise my clients on and I, is uh, compensation negotiations. Uh, and they're, they're always asking, you know, how do I set my number? How do we have this conversation? Um, you know, how is my employer mistreating me? These kinds of things. And I, I generally have this counseling and I talk to folks and I tell them, you know, for the most part, it depends on the employer, obviously. But a lot of the job of the black box that is the compensation committee is figuring out what number is going to mildly annoy you, but not enough that you're going to leave? Yes. And what I hear is the f- basis of this podcast, the fact that you're still talking about Destiny and Dinosaur Armor and everything else and having fun with it to some extent and are unhappy with the compensation you're receiving is suggestive to me that maybe that doesn't work for Rick. But it seems like if I were to analyze this on a salary basis, they seem to have nailed you. <laughs> right where you live, which is mild frustration, but still playing every day or t- every other day or whatever. So we're all frauds here. We still, I, you know, it, it's just it, it's it's pretty interesting to me because I I totally hear you. Everything that you've described is enough for me to go do something else. Like I mean, like that's literally <laughs> where I'm at, and I think that's the kind of He's personality. Like, wow. And and people, yeah, I mean, it's like I could go play, you know, what Final Fantasy VII remake, whatever I'm going to go play with the story, and and not worry about these things. When does it stop being a salary negotiation and start being Stockholm syndrome is my yeah. question. Yeah. When does, when is this a toxic relationship that we're in with we this video game? Man. Way past that. Dude. <laughs> That's we're long ago. Are we just stuck in a sunk, is this a sunk cost fallacy? We're all just, we have to be here. There is no question that there's sunk cost at issue here, but I will say, I, I like to frame that slightly differently when I'm having this conversation, especially when I'm telling somebody, I think you should leave. I think you should do something else, which is sometimes the council. There is human nature. There is inertia. I know what I know. I know that maybe I'll get mildly frustrated, but I'll have some fun. I'll get compensated enough that I can feed my video game family with whatever utility I'm getting out of playing Destiny. And I, I think that's kind of what happens. And then they, they do something bad to you. They take away your pages in your in your uh, lost sectors, whatever else they're doing. And they say, oh, but come on. Witch Queen's just a little while away. We're, we're still good to you. Don't <laughs> worry about it. We're going to just take your rates down just a little bit. So we didn't give you that weapon you wanted and you did the raid 50 times. You still love us. Come on. So what we're saying is that they're gaslighting us is what we're doing. (laughs) Bungie is a pimp that's hitting us and then uh, and then uh, giving us an ice pack and being like, see, I take care of you. We just forget. Man, I think some of these metaphors, Travis, get real dark. We have questions. We have questions. Can get exploitative. They can get abusive. I don't think that's I don't think that's this level in particular. I think you see it a little bit more 
um, with like free to play mobile games where you can really oh. get into a space, which is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But I, I do see that kind of conversation, which I really enjoyed, by the way, hearing you guys talk about it um, as, uh, yeah, I hear that. My personality type is, why am I doing this? I, I think one of the things <laughs> that Ibantis said, which was right, is what happens to me in these grinder games, uh, and Destiny's not alone in this. I don't want to throw Destiny oh, yeah. on this bus, is that at some point, I'm circling around, doing whatever, going and getting leg armor, whatever it is, and like, I'll, I'll enjoy it for, I don't know, five, six, seven days. And like seventh day, I'll be like, what the hell am I doing? What, <laughs> it, it what, is, what am I really point. building towards? What is, why, am I, why am I not playing something that, uh, that has a story to tell me or that, that, is, that is more for what I want to do? And like, that's, that's been my cycle with Destiny or, or even with like, I don't know, Fortnite, which is just like, I get really into it for a little while. There's some fun there. There's some game development there. I'm enjoying it. And then I'm like, well, this just, there's just bars forever. There's turtles all the way down. It's, it's, it's bars as far as the eye can see. I'm gonna go do something else. I, that's my relationship with Destiny. I pop in, I play the campaign, I try the stuff, I say, cool. I come in for the next campaign, generally speaking. Expansion guy, makes yeah. sense, it makes sense. A lot, and a lot of people have made that determination that you, it was, it, I think, was it Gathalian, I think? A couple of people. Yeah, just they you know, only come back for the big expansions, yeah, maybe like, maybe a Tuesday season. Like even Goth, I think, is back for some of the Tuesday stuff. But after, say, like week seven, he's not coming yeah. back for seasonals. He's not coming back for a different difficulty. He's not going to grind out the raid for Vex. If he didn't get it, he's not going to keep going. At some point, right. they just, they draw a line and move right. on until it's something big enough and that's why, like, when some people talk about the whole sunsetting or not sunsetting, it's like a D3 is going to wipe stuff all over again. I forget who I was talking to or something. Like, some of the best times... Oh, it was RGH. I was listening to them. Uh, I've been playing New World. It is not different than this by much. And if anything, it's probably worse of a grind. But it's like, new game, level numbers are going up and stuff like that. And it's just something fresh. Even if it's another grind, it's something new to you and your brain. And it's the time when you're going through it and it's like, cool, but there's a point, you know, you'll hit and I'm like, okay, it's like, you know, I'm going to take a break. Like I played Deathloop, had a fantastic time, finished it. Cool. And that's sometimes you got to have some experiences that have an end because not all experiences need to be indefinite or you yeah. have to decide when that end is for a healthy relationship because at some point yeah, it turns always, unhealthy. Yeah. I always yeah. have a forever game on the shelf. Like I'm always yeah, filling sure. in gaps with that. Um, now, as I said, I think it's part of this video the, the Ubisofts are so immensely large for the time that I have to give to them. Those are usually those count as my forever games. I'll be playing <laughs> Far Cry six until my kids are in college. I mean, like it, that map is ridiculous. So, so good, I mean, like that, that's that's how I work with those. But yeah, absolutely. I have a Destiny or a Fortnite or a Division or a Far Cry or whatever that I'm playing next to working through Tales of Arise or working through Final Fantasy Remake or whatever else I'm doing. So I, I always have a space for them. Um, they're just never like my my top priority until like the campaigns for Destiny. I I'll go play through them. They're they're just not even Forsaken. You can hammer through in like half half a day, maybe. Corn. Yeah. It's yeah. a nice little enjoyable evening. I guess my my point with all this is that as long as you're having fun, I'll never yeah. judge you. If you play yeah. Destiny for four thousand hours and you're having fun every one of those hours, I'll never judge you. My problem is with the teddies of the world who tell me, and I quote. My goal these days is to play Destiny as little as I can. And he seeks out the most efficient ways to get through everything because he doesn't seem to enjoy any of it. Yeah. Right. And that's like, why are you playing them? Like exactly. you're just doing it to fill up the bars. You're not even enjoying it. And so I my goal every every season of Destiny is to play enough 
to where I'm enjoying it and ex- experiencing everything without hating myself. As yep. soon as I start hating myself, that little that little self hatred cur- you, you, curve, you know, when you look at yourself mm-hmm. in the mirror and you can't really make eye contact like, with yeah. yourself because <laughs> you're afraid of the man who stares back at you. When I reach that point, that's when I log off. Yeah, and I try to do something else with my life. That's honestly been yeah. the healthiest thing has been mixing in other games and the way yeah. the seasons work. Like, hey, if it is a Tuesday game, you experience the season, you got a little bit on Tuesday or maybe Wednesday. You got to mix it up at some point, because if you find stuff, that, as you said, if you find stuff that that's fun. But if you don't, there is so much other amazing stuff out there. So mm-hmm. mix it up yeah. every so often. You will thank yourself. But I will say we have kept our guests so yeah, much longer than I ever yeah. thought we were going to. So sticking I, it out. I appreciate yeah. this man Old putting up with up. another, you know, parental dispute. We made it through <laughs> it. I liked it. I really did. I one of the things I love about games in general, you, nobody could play everything. And I love finding spaces where people are having interesting conversations about stuff that I can I can understand, like the parameters, even if I can't understand the specifics. Yep. Um, so I, I actually I actually thoroughly enjoyed that. Appreciate you, man. Again, it's always good to have you. One of the best legal minds, and the fact that you have passion for this franchise at one point. <laughs> and, uh, and Bungie's a hell of a developer. No question. Absolutely. absolutely. True. Well, as we wrap things up, uh, this is the time basically the floor is yours. So, Sir Rick Hogue of Hogue Law, tell everybody where they can find you, anything you're covering, anything you're looking at, your favorite Supreme. No, we covered that. <laughs> Thanks, Travis. I've got more. <laughs> I mean, it could be a top 10. Um, yeah, we made a video together. Is that like a top 10? Is that like one of the things for law school, top 10 Supreme Court cases? And I need you to argue why. Yeah, it, it, it kind of just happens. Yeah, my, my list is definitely that. everybody's, you know, standard top when you're, you're yeah. interviewing with law firms. Oh, yes. Marbury. Sure. Yeah. yeah you pick two M's, it's going to be McCullough, Maryland. So that's my, just my, me. I know, my, I know, my, you know my, what I'm talking about. What I do. My, my go to is uh, Alien v. Predator. I don't think that one really gets talked about <laughs> enough. You know, well, it was really when the justices said whoever loses, whoever wins, we lose that it became a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> No, uh, people can find me on uh, Twitter. Certainly, that's where I'm more kind of like daily active. I, I, you know, I try to not look at too much stuff on there. Uh, but at Hoaglaw, H-O-E-G-L-A-W, you can find me there chatting about games or whatever my current video is or the Michigan Wolverines that have all been positive tweets so far, mostly. <laughs> Maybe not all positive. Um, but otherwise, I think most people find me and know about me from Virtual Legality, which is the show I do on the business and law of Video games, I think, is probably 90% of it. Um, but just in general, talking about cool stuff like how Wickard v. Filburn works or Supreme Court contract interpretation through the lens of a destiny vaulting question uh, and hopefully talking to more people about the stuff they're interested in and how the law and business kind of interacts with that because I think people can have a better understanding of the industry that they love and what they're otherwise reading. And then hopefully it's a slow road but I'm getting more and more uh, influence and work on, uh, you know, bigger journalism outlets and talking to them about when a lawsuit happens and how that filing for a debt offering isn't a merger and, you know, slowly working up uh, to hopefully getting more and better information out there. But people can find me youtube.com slash Hoaglaw, same spelling. Or if you just look up virtual legality, I'm pretty sure I'm top in Google for virtual legality. So, uh, nice. yeah. And, and as for what we're working on, we just did that uh, Destiny Vaulting video, of course. Uh, tomorrow, it looks like, if I'm reading my clock correctly, uh, we'll be putting up a video on uh, CWA, CWA, the Communications of Workers uh, Labor Union, 
uh, is trying to intervene in the Activision Blizzard EEOC settlement. And so we did look over the 31 flavors of what they're complaining about. And if you like an hour of me discussing union complaints about an EEOC consent decree, I tell you, I know the channel you should check out. Uh, so that'll go up <laughs> Way tomorrow. Way to sell it. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I got a very specific community and my community is adamant. Oh, yeah. I was no. actually skipping this document. I said, hey, leave in the comments if you want me to hit this. Um, the response was more vociferous than I had anticipated. So we'll be going over that. Um, and then, you know, chances are, I think next week I've got some some stuff that I'm looking at. I might do some stuff on FIFA license, license, licensing, which I think is pretty interesting. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and uh, and some other uh, th other things of that variety. So if you like games, you like business, you like law, I think I make it less dull than it would otherwise appear. So come check me out over there. Right, sure, man. Salute to Hogue. Always coming through, just killing it, brother. I'm just proud of you just to see your progression and Absolutely. almost like to see you be the de facto voice in the community where it's like, oh, wait, hold on. We got to get Hogue. You'll see the tweets go out. Hogue! Oh, and it's like, it's every, nice. he's like the community's personal. <laughs> uh, it is. Wow. I will tell you this. This, you, this is a scoop. Um, I, I can't give the specifics, but I think you'll be seeing me on some pretty big panels pretty soon. Nice. So, I, can't, I can't give the specifics there, Currently but I have of all, of all people who are going to respect in India, a lawyer. So don't ask. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think you're going to see me popping up in a few places, which are pretty exciting. So That's I'll awesome. give you that. Nice. Looking forward to it, brother. Keep it up. Keep it the Follow him work. on Twitter and you won't miss the hot takes. With some strong it's opinions, just by the way. Incognito about Mass Effect, you know. Yeah, just, that's it's mostly, always yeah. strong opinions. Always strong, strong opinions. That's why you love him because even just well, see, I actually him. have to couch them a little bit because that's the way I, I I talk. And sometimes I, I go out with just strong. Like you and I interact, Travis, and I always feel like I have to be like, okay, just so we're clear. I'm not bullying Travis here. We're just oh funny. My God, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Well, it's like the context start. on the internet, right? Somewhere yeah, there's yeah. a reset era thread calling me a bad name because yeah, I sure. bullied Travis. I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's the classic, it's the classic Hulk's dark. That's, that's what we love. That's what we love. That's we right. Love Good stuff, brother. Love to see it. I just assume if it's on Twitter, it, it must be sarcastic. That's the way I come from it. That's that the internet, but that's fine. So that's the internet. Yeah. Good-natured witticisms on there. It seems yeah, right. entertaining to try to come up with witty ways to say things. So that's what I use Twitter for. They're hogisms. Nice. There you go. Yeah. That's uh, correct. You're using it the right way. Travis, mm -hmm. what about you? Got any uh, hot takes? Yeah. Or just be like, stay tuned for boop. Stay tuned for all of my hot takes. Uh, yeah, um, you can follow me on Twitter at TyGuyTravis. Uh, I'm doing the review uh, for IGN of the Rift Breaker, which will be up uh, probably early next week. We got uh, review codes late, so I'm still working my way through that. Uh, and uh, I also do a uh, show on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. called BitCast, where you can hear me talk to an industry legend, Ains, and uh, also some old guy that wanders <laughs> onto the set apparently that is our panel two <laughs> two uh well-informed people and a geriatric oh who somehow God. found his way into the show that's the pitch that's, that's the pitch. wind up in the pitch how about you e what are you up to uh or do i do cog first cog cog yeah cog what do you got cog? follow, that, Can't right even follow that right yeah we're out <laughs> Oh um, yeah, Glor Cognito on Twitter. Um, I do a couple of podcasts. Um, obviously, shout out to the Duke. We had uh, Ryan McCaffrey on this week. Yes, Come check I gotta that check out. that out. 
Yeah, really fun Amazing. romp. He had he had a rant of all rants, and we got G checked by a legend. It was actually pretty fun. So he kind of uh, put us in a place about why we shouldn't even be called Dukes. Uh, because we don't even have any type of Duke memorabilia, any type of Duke anywhere on frame. Now you need so to go got, on eBay oh, and change that. Yeah, yeah. We got we got Xbox OG G checked by the legend. But Amazing. It was yeah, yeah. He he was a rare fall. Make sure check that out. Um, Ultimate. If you're into more of a one or smaller show, we kind of did our like wish and dreams for Xbox back compat. What we uh, what kind of like gaps what we're missing and some old like uh, cult favorites. Catch that. And um, yeah, uh, Sunday Iron Law Pockets will be a special one. Shit, I, I can't reveal yet. Oh, come until on. I finalize. <laughs> all right, all right. It it should be it should be Seth Scheisel, formerly of um Protocol, New York Times reporter now, I believe account executive for Microsoft at Xbox. So it's Ooh. a big one. We're just trying to finalize. It's pretty much a goal. We're just trying to you know finalize one or two things about things we can talk about. So it will yeah. be very interesting, informative, great guy, and just to see. Have, his have Hogue look at the. Have Hogue look at it. Give him a, yes. give him a run through. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Give He's him a, like, give yeah, him a my retainers through. more than you want to pay. So never mind. <laughs> Trust me, I dealt with Hogue's price. Tough guy, you can't negotiate against Microsoft, and it'll be over. Exactly. <laughs> Check that out. That should be Sunday. It will be fun. And um, yeah, I think Saturday we're doing a, a, a live stream with uh, the Lords Chivalry too. So what? Listen to the Lords yell across the battlefield, say wild chants to each other. Check that out. And uh, of course, that last word podcast on Thursdays, which I oh, love. This one that we're in the middle of right now. <laughs> Yes, yes, that go check that out, man. Make sure you're supporting it. Still one of the best ones that most of you still haven't supported yet, but we're getting there, man. I like I like I like seeing people in the chat, seeing people say kind words. That that means a lot. And it's always a pleasure to do a podcast with these amazing gentlemen, even though we fight like a family. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you have to be like family to be able to fight like this. So it's a good thing. I'll take that. True. Yeah, absolutely. True. E, what you got going on, sir? Uh, let's see for me. Yeah. Um, got to jump back into new world a little bit. I had family in town this past weekend, so I feel like I'm like way behind in this season. So kind of keeping up with that stuff, but yeah, apparently I've got to go see what the grind is like in this event now to see if there's a video coming. And then depending on what I got for this weekend, um, yeah, mostly just kind of keeping up on that type of stuff. I watched squid game, which was just weird. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that was like, that'll be something to discuss later on. Um, okay. But yeah, and also saw James Bond. I thoroughly enjoyed that one. So go if you like him, nice. give, give it a shot, however you eventually get to it. Um, what if you really hated Spectre? You'll be okay. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, did you like Skyfall? Did you like... Casino Royale will always be the best. Casino Royale and Skyfall are great. Skyfall, those are amazing. be thrown to the sun. That's about right. Yeah. So, yeah. So I heard somebody say like the alternation of good, bad, good, bad, good mm -hmm. kind of uh, kind of fits. It's got right. mid 80s, I think, on Rotten Tomatoes. And I think that's fair. Personally. We'll check it out. I will be awesome. curious. Yeah. So, well, thank you all. All of you guys who showed up, who stayed to the end. I think some of you guys are in like the next day, depending on if you guys are across the pond. So thank you for staying up very late. Shout out to Emma and all of you guys. Kevin, New Red, coming in with the hot information. I wouldn't even have known about that tweet otherwise. Um, but yeah, for this episode, thank you for the extended say, Sir Hogue. I don't think we can afford you for this long, but thank you for the... Uh... Oh, invoice is already in the mail. Don't worry about it. Oh, cool. It. Okay. You, you, Appreciate you it. Yeah. yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> but for episode number 169, always a good number. Um, 
Thank you all very much for coming. We are going to wrap this thing up. Thank you so much. And it has been the last, last word. Last word. <laughs>